what's up everyone we are back for part two of our wrestling double header over the wrestlemania weekend um and this time round, we are reviewing the ultimate thrill ride itself wrestlemania 33 a uh, very quick intro uh, my name is tim Birkbeck. i am a writer i am a lover of film music and wrestling uh, but most importantly of all i am your body and vehicle through this podcast uh, i did my weekly roundup uh, in the last episode so uh not a lot to report, but in between recording the two episodes, I did go and see Ghost in the Shell, um, which despite some of the criticism that people have had about it, the whole kind of uh, whitewashing quote-unquote that's been surrounded it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it stayed true to the original quite a lot, um, and I thought Scarlett Johansson was the perfect person to play Major, um, in my opinion. So yeah, um, there'll be a review up of that on uh, justaninsight.wordpress.com uh, very soon. Um, apologies if my voice is a little bit uh, groggly as well. Um, I've just come back from band practice, so uh, yeah, doing my intro after screaming in a room for an hour and a half. Um, but anyway, we'll go straight into to this one because it's a bit of a long one. Um, once again, I was joined by Ben Pittman and Maz Gambadella uh, to discuss all things WrestleMania. Uh, and f- for my my part, I thought it was one of the best WrestleManias in re- recent history. So uh, yeah, but obviously we'll get into the details of that in the chat. So anyway, I hope you enjoy our little discussion on the big event, and I'll see you guys on the other side. So... Here we are, part two of the Justin Insight Wrestling Doubleheader. Uh, we witnessed the ultimate thrill ride that was WrestleMania. Um, I'm once again joined by uh, Maz Gambadella and Ben Pittman. Um, I'm gonna hello. Go- hello. We're going to go kind of straight into it because we've got a lot of matches to, to cover. But as always, I'd like to start with the general consensus. So, uh, Maz, did you enjoy the ride? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, to be honest, this... This whole WrestleMania was, I went into it being initially so underwhelmed, but it delivered like absolutely. Uh, I was very impressed by it. Uh, And yeah, I'd I'd probably go and say it's probably one of my favorite WrestleManias I've seen. Yeah. And yourself, Ben? Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of the favorites, uh, but it was... Uh, it wasn't as bad as last year, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you know what is fifty-fifty. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go straight down the middle and be uh, be quite uh, quite fifty-fifty no, with that's... it, and we'll get into why. Yeah, no, that's cool. Um, Maz, did you? Because you missed some of the pre-show, didn't you? Yes, I did. So I missed the cruiserweight match, and I missed the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Okay, cool. So. Ben, if me and you talk about the the cruiserweight, well, did well, did you see the pre-show, Ben? Yeah, I caught all seven hours. Of yeah, it. cool, right. So we'll we'll go into we'll go into the pre-show briefly, and then we'll we'll bring you in when we can, Maz. All right. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Cool, right. So obviously, opening the show was uh, Austin Aries and uh, the King of the Cruiserweights, Neville, for the cruiserweight title. Um, first and foremost, Ben, were you quite surprised to see this open the show? No, not really. Only because of the sort of the, the Twitter 
uh, beef that was going on where everyone was like, oh, I can't believe they're on the pre-show. And like Aries going, well, you know, that's how you get people to watch the pre-show. You make you make it worth watching by putting yeah. a, a match like this on. I guess, you know, they never really list what order the matches are in. So if you're worried about missing it, then you will tune in. Um, I quite like I quite like the pre-show element of it. I, I don't mind what matches go on it because it kind of... There's the, in terms of order, there's a few matches that make sense to go on last of, of an event, but um, you know, headline, I guess. But the rest of it kind of kind of works. Um, it was a, it was a good start. It was if you compare it to last year, where I think was it um, Kalisto and Ryback opened yeah, the show, yeah. uh, which was a great match. Like you know, give give them the, give them their dues, but to a very empty. Uh, uh, arena but again you know there was there was reasons behind that but coming out uh aries getting a huge pop um nev nev coming out in his uh gold duds lovely um yeah really enjoyed it thought it was a good start to the to start to the day or the night as it were yeah I, I totally agree i think like the match in general was really good it was nice to get uh the pop for aries and i think the crowd in general were, were quite behind this match um and I think as the match itself was was pretty solid, like there were some some nice little spots in there, like uh, Aries going for the last chance three quite early on. Um, yeah. th- there was one bit which I really enjoyed, where Aries went to do his weird like middle rope, bottom rope tope, and Neville just completely booted him in the face. Um, so, w- w- what were your kind of sta- sta- what were your standouts from this match? Um. Aries going through the the bottom and the middle rope. We were having a big discussion about how I I hate the the overuse of people going through the the second and top rope. Yeah, you know, the middle and the top rope. It, they're like it, it, nobody makes it look good. They're like there. We said that I think Big E because he just fully commits and he's massive. Um, so when he does that, you're like, oh my god, he's definitely dead. Um, <laughs> I think Akira Akira Tazawa like is has made it look pretty good and then like every, everyone else who does it like any Dean Ambrose for example terrible however oh, Aries yeah. Aries go like just go in one rope down I know he's a little bit smaller but go you know makes it look it elevates it and I don't know why it's exactly the same thing but um, that um, I think I think Neville you know he's he's at his he's at his very best at the minute you know mm. being on uh, 205 Live and just being this this massive heel king of the cruiserweights coming out in golden duds it's kind of like you know is he is he a heel I, I don't know but I, I guess it kind of relates to the whole king uh, the Game of Thrones things that's, that he's got going on yeah. um, and the whole uh, going for the eye socket well, that was that was pretty pretty good healing yeah um, just yeah, all all generally, you know, wasn't sort of the best we've seen of of both guys, but very uh, very good start to the show. Well, there's one thing that I did want to talk about, but obviously Maz didn't catch this match, but it had his favourite move in it, the German suplex, a couple of times, <laughs> um, which again it, it is kind of as Maz said yesterday, it's kind of becoming like almost the new super kick. But as we said, when you see people do it properly, it it does have that effect. And I think there was a point where Aries literally was just spiked completely on his head. And I, yeah. I did, I did wince a bit, but um, I thought both guys, like, as you said, Ben, like it wasn't the best showcase for them, but, but I think they both did really well. I think um, Aries doing the, the 450 into the last chancery was absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. And 
again, it kind of harps back to um, uh, Fastlane when Neville had to pull out the the red arrow to get the win, and I think this is the only this is the first time we've seen the red arrow since Fastlane. Um, yeah. So it's like he almost has to dig like. He's only using that when he has to really dig deep and, and get the win, um, yeah. which I'm, I'm loving and I'm really enjoying sort of Neville as a heel. Um, do, do you see this feud kind of carrying on a bit more or is there going to be another challenger for the Cruiserweights? I think I think it's uh, 205 Live and the whole Cruiserweight thing, it kind of like everyone's the challenger at the minute. So you literally could have anyone in, in that thing, which is great because it means that like, you know, generally... The whole the whole roster of, of the cruiserweights could potentially pick up the title at any point, um, but I guess it might mean that storyline wise, um, it, it kind of falls down a bit. But again, then you've got Neville as the person that's holding that storyline together and just coming out and being like, "Yeah, I got you all. I'm going to absolutely destroy you all because I'm the king." So Aries probably does need the title at some point. Um, but I don't think there's any rush for it. I think that he can continue to sort of show up and, and just be quite charismatic. And I think it works with him just being being, being an arrogant sort of baby face. Works yeah. really well. So If I could just, uh, if I could mention something, because obviously I didn't watch the match. I, I completely agree, Ben, because uh, they didn't really have enough time to really push Aries. It seemed like they only had a couple of weeks to get him ready for that match. So I think... Uh, build him up a bit longer, you know, just to get him more established. Uh, and I think it would. I think this feud could, you know, carry on for another couple of pay per views. Yeah. The one thing that I will say that I did really enjoy as well was um, Neville can sell any move. I think there was a point where uh, Aries did a drop kick off the top rope, and Aries, uh, sorry, Neville literally just flipped himself around, and it just looked mm. incredible. Um, yeah, so, it did look like he kicked his head off. Yeah, so I, th- I think, as you kind of mentioned, Ben, where with the cruiserweights, there's kind of anyone's a, ch- a challenger. With with Neville in that elevated position, I think he can make anyone on that 205 live roster look really good. So maybe you keep the belt on him for a little longer, put put him against maybe like Akira Tozawa, have a few with that, and then yeah. put, bring Aries back in later down the line, and then get get him to win the belt that way. But I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it, it's kind of you you could do anything, and that's that's why I think it's it's pretty good. You know, you've got you've got a full sort of lineup of guys who are all really good and are all ready for that kind of thing. So, um, I think storyline wise, you'd probably keep it away from Rich Swan and um, and Kendrick, who I don't know, you know, what's happened to those guys. Yeah, they kind of sort of fallen off, but um, you know, there are a bunch of other guys knocking about who would be really good at it. Cool. And then if we move on to the uh, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale, um, I had zero interest in this, and especially as people started getting eliminated, my interest dwindled even more. Um, So have you got anything to to say on this, Ben? Uh, Yeah, my boy Mojo. (laughs) (laughs) Like, super hyped. Um, I, I have a a big soft spot for Mojo Rowley and, and I don't know why because I understand he is the most annoying person um, since Super Cena um, but you know there's there's something about him that the, the company sees and you know he's he's very marketable and 
I always I, I always say that he's like a like a, a millennial hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, um, no, he's that's got, fair enough. He's got that sort of like move set and you know style and just craziness and power, uh, but also you know he's hyped. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, also go on. No, I just say like as a match, they're never good matches. You know, occasionally there'll be some spots. I don't feel like there was any real spots in the whole thing. Um, it, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't care. I, it was a very much a meh. yeah. Um, everyone, I think everyone sort of assumed Braun was going to win it, but I kind of I think it makes sense not to have another big guy win and, and go around being like I'm the you know I've won the Andre the Giant thing. So yeah. Can I can I just uh, ask because obviously I didn't watch it. I I was wondering who was in it, and the other thing was, uh, so I was Big Show was in the match, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Was did he have any spots? Because I'm assuming I'm assuming he's done now. Like that was his last WrestleMania. Because I think he said beforehand that he wouldn't be competing after this. Um, there wasn't really kind of a spot as much. They, like him and Braun had like a stare down. Um, yeah. And there was kind of like at the beginning, there was like Show would eliminate someone, then Strowman would eliminate someone, then Show would eliminate, and then Bra- uh, Braun would. So that was kind of the only real spot. Um, Strowman did eliminate Big Show, so it was kind of a if it is if it is Show's last thing, I guess that's kind of like a passing of the torch. But yeah, yeah. Not, apart from that, not really. Yeah, and in terms of who was in it, it was the SmackDown tag team. Uh, roster and a bunch of big guys from Raw. Oh, and and the Blue Power Ranger. <laughs> the Blue Power. It was uh, Sin Cara. Sin Cara, yeah. The Blue, the Blue Power Ranger. Um, Killian Dane was in it. So that was a you know a nice, a nice. Oh, okay. he, had a, he had a really good show in it. Actually, it's worth probably checking out just to see because he he was in the last four, I think. He was the last three. Last three, yeah. Um, and then. Mojo won because of the Gronk, who I believe, <laughs> as I'm reliably informed, is an American football person. Uh, Sorry to interrupt, and... Ben, but you couldn't have said that in a more English way. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, I was, I was following on Twitter, like everyone talked about Ron Gron- Gronkowski or whatever his name yeah. is, and I was like, what on earth happened on the pre-show that I missed? I was like, what? Yeah, it's just, so, like him and yeah. Jinder had like a... A stare down and then he got hyped and got in the ring and did like uh mojo's shoulder tackle thing and then mojo came in and eliminated everyone whoever was left oh, we need we need to give a mention to the uh, the lady security guard who um unless she was selling like a, a motherfucker thought that the gronk was actually yeah uh, that was ridiculous it's written as watch it. It's so funny. This 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 security guard runs up. And it's like no no, and then you just see all these people like tapping and go no no. Honestly, this is part of it. Like oh so, wow, it's it's great. She's uh, yeah. And then all you right, can well, see I'll definitely it. check that out. It's just it's just a, a, a nice moment, and you see her in the background, like just sort of looking a bit embarrassed afterwards. <laughs> um, but no, it was it, you know it, it 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 was what it was, and it's kind of like well, that was the only celebrity. Part of the, the sh- like, apart from obviously, you know, uh, seeing uh, Pitbull later on, but there wasn't any other. Well, you had the guy. You, you had the guy who guest announced for the mixed tag as well. Al, is it Al, oh, yeah. Al Roker, yeah. what his name is? Uh, Al Roker. Roker. Yeah. 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 Chocolate Thunder or whatever he called himself. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah. So I, I guess that's 
part of Mania now, isn't it? Having yeah. some form of, uh, you know, non-wrestling person involved in some capacity. Yeah, but I guess the the Battle Royal did its job in the end. At the end, it kind of got it got Mojo over, and to be fair, the crowd were kind of into it a bit, which which was nice. And I think the early elimination of both Show and Strowman kind of got people a bit more interested in it, thinking, oh, who could actually win this? Yeah, I think I think it's kind of sad that there were people in there that probably should have should have been in a match somewhere, and you know, like Sami Zayn definitely yeah. didn't didn't deserve just to be some guy in the battle royal. Like when you've got you've got Goldust, who in his original Goldust costume, by the way, which I was very happy about. Yeah. Um, like people like Goldust and r Truth, and like. The shining stars and things like that. You're like, uh, but then you've also got like American Alpha, Alpha, and like the the USOs. So you've got like the the SmackDown Tag Champions, and you know the, the travesty of all travest- travesties. Uh, Tyler Breeze should be uh, should be made <laughs> yeah. event. In. Cool. Uh, but but you know it, it is what it is. It's a way it's a way of getting everyone a involved in WrestleMania. Yeah. I guess it makes sense. Cool. Right, and now Maz, we can we can bring you into the the conversation properly. So we then had the the IC title match. Um, I have little little care for for Dean Ambrose. So uh, I I was hoping for a Corbin win on this, but obviously we didn't get it. But um, Maz, what did you think of the match? Um, I I kind of agree. I think Dean has lost a lot since uh, last year. Um, uh, I thought the the match was, you know, pretty good. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, it wasn't particularly memorable. Uh, the finish I thought was really good, but apart from that, uh, Dean Dean obviously won. It doesn't feel the the belts lost so much. I think, unfortunately, mm. so for him to get this win doesn't really add much to the title. I just think it's weird because obviously after Miz did so well and Dolph to an extent did so well to elevate it again it's just kind of almost dropped back down and, and been lost in the shuffle a little bit but that that's I guess that's just the, the nature of the company at the moment so um, Ben what did you think of it? Um, yeah it was like yeah it was not a great match it, for, yeah this was part of my, you know, good good match, bad match sort of part yeah. of the, you know, it was one of the one of the bad ones. Um, I, I agree. Don't don't really care for Dean Ambrose. Um, think it would have made more sense story wise to put it on Corbin. Think he would be a good arrogant champ going around and being like, you know, he's he's that character already. So put a belt on him, and I think he's golden. Um, I can only imagine. Well, I can only sort of guess that they're going to hopefully do something like the, the the Smackdown after Mania because they haven't had that yet where you know was it last year that somebody came in and, and won it was the Miz last year won the IC title after yes yeah you know so a similar sort of thing potentially um, on Smackdown um, Dean going to, to Smackdown and somebody I don't know it could be Corbin it could be somebody else who we're not quite sure may or may not be coming to Smackdown yeah um, you know the uh, the the Mark in me says oh Nakamura <laughs> yeah. come to Smackdown win the IC title feud with Corbin that would be great anyway that, um, that would be cool so 
not not a lot to say about this match, unfortunately. No, um, I, I think it, it, it didn't. It wasn't anything. It was. It was a. I, I was really happy to see Baron Corbin kick Dean in the face. I, I, there's a, a theme emerging with the things I like in a in a wrestling match. Yeah. Where get kicked, kicked in the face. No, um, I hate when Ambrose does that little rebound off the, yeah, the middle. Yeah, I can't stand it. I think it look, looks rubbish. Um, and to see him get a face full of boot uh, off the back of that was... I, I jumped out of my chair. I was very happy. Well, the, the only kind of notes that I made on this match was um, there's a couple of uh, spots where uh, Ambrose was thrown into the ring post and Corbin ran into the ring post. And for... I don't usually generally like ring post spots, but they actually looked really brutal and it sounded like it genuinely hurt. So I was quite pleased to, well, quite pleased to see that. Um, but the other thing that I really enjoyed was um, I can't. I think it was after Corbin hit um, deep six and uh, Ambrose kicked out, and Corbin was literally just screaming, "That was three! That was three! That was three! I thought that was brilliant like that was the my one highlight of the match um but wow yeah, well, that's, yeah. that to be a highlight <laughs> says it all really doesn't it um yeah. but i think the thing that frustrated me was the fact that ambrose literally just had to hit one dirty deeds and that was it game over um so yeah i think that's all i've got to say about that really yeah i don't think there's much love in the room for uh for that match um, and then we go on to uh, the show proper, um, which I completely forgot the New Day were the hosts, so I was I was surprised to see them come out. Um, but yeah, that was about it. But then obviously the first match, which initially I was quite surprised that it was the opener, but once it got going, I, was, I understood why AJ and Shane was the opener. Um, yeah. Maz, I know you've got a lot of feelings about this because I saw you also <laughs> tweeting about this, so I'm going to go to you first. Um, oh, yeah. As a whole, uh, did you enjoy the match? Yeah, I I really enjoyed the match. Uh, I'll be honest, it's probably one of the best opening matches of a WrestleMania, and I didn't... The, this would be the theme of this entire pay-per-view, is the matches going in that everyone thought were going to be stinkers turned out to be all right. And this match did, did uh, you know, it, it did get results. Um, my issue that I had with it, I, I, again, it was a brilliant match. I thought AJ looked amazing. It's just the fact that they continually push Shane as this, like, badass. And it's, it just takes, it really takes me out of it for for the reason that, Okay, you've got AJ Styles, who's been wrestling for years and years and years, and he's had these amazing matches and stuff. And then you have Vince's son in a match with him, and he's made out in the match to look like this like MMA badass guy with just like all these holds. And I just, I don't know, it just the way that they pushed Shane to be so dominant really aggravated me. Mm. But apart from that, the this match was an an amazing opening match for WrestleMania. Ben, what did you think? Uh, it so I've I made a note of well I didn't make a note I went onto the internet and found out all the times of all the matches <laughs> and uh, it was twenty one minutes twenty one oh, wow. and a half minutes 
which I think was probably five minutes, ten minutes too much for this kind of match, but it kind of made sense to get the, the crowd. I, I say warmed, but they already had three matches. Yeah. Um, I, it, it, it's that, you know, everyone going into it, oh, AJ can wrestle a broom. It's like, yeah, he can, but you don't want to see him wrestle that. So I... I it was entertaining enough, and you had Shane doing the same spots that Shane's been doing for however long. Um, but you kind of get to a point where you're like, well, there are guys on the roster that are, you know, as yeah, at a similar standard of AJ, to AJ. So just let him wrestle some some good people, please. Yeah. I, I don't think... know. Um, <laughs> not, not I, yeah. I, again. Not, I enjoyed watching it. It was. It wasn't as I thought it was going to be a, a stinker. Um, su- surprised that it, you know, it was an entertaining match. But I, yeah, again, don't don't believe in for a second that those spuds that he throws are going to actually hurt anyone. Yeah, um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it doesn't work as well, I guess. But he's not a wrestler, so what do you expect? You know. Well, saying that, though, obviously he's not a wrestler. The one thing I did take away, which I thought kind of plays into what you were saying, Maz, is that why they were kind of booking Shane so strong was that he did show elements that he can wrestle. And I thought that the counters that he did looked quite smooth. Like the um, uh, when AJ went for the 450 and he caught him in the triangle, I thought that was a very nice transition. It was something that you could see someone else doing. And for Shane to pull that off, I thought was quite interesting. Um, the thing I didn't like was the, obviously uh, Shane kicking out of the Styles Clash, which looked awkward as fuck. But um, I, I, th- I thought that kind of should have been the end. But I agree. Like we, You see Shane doing the same spots like each time he does it. He is in the match. But it was nice to see him do the, do the shooting star press as well, which... Was was a was a nice touch as well, but yeah, um, yeah that came out of left field for me. Just yeah. I had no way because I think everyone expected okay, Shane's in a match, he's gonna have to jump off for something, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I literally had no idea that was coming, and I think a lot of people there, you know, kind of uh, they they reacted really strongly to it. And with obviously with the ending of the match, obviously. I think most people kind of predicted AJ going over, but do we? What do we kind of see next for for AJ now? Do we see him going being put back in the title picture? Um, if we go with you, Miles first. Um, well, uh, I don't know who said it on Twitter, but basically they said AJ's got a job for life now uh, because I think this was uh, more. I guess last year was kind of a test for him with uh, Jericho, um, but then. Obviously, they put him with Shane, and he delivered as well. Uh, again, it's hmm, it's interesting because I think he should be in the title picture, but because of the brands and how limited they are, I guess what would be great is for him to go forward with the new champion, uh, which we'll get into later. I think that would be a good um, feud going forward. Yeah. Ben, your, your views? Send him a Raw, put him in the club. <laughs> Send Dean to Raw, put the Shield back together, have Triple H, Samoa Joe, Kevin Owens as their little clique. Uh, you've got you've got three little sort of factions. You can even put Balor with them if you want. 
and, and just this what's lacking in on Raw is that story. And I think if you've got, you know, that's what everyone's complaining about. Send a few guys over to to SmackDown to to replace like Dean and uh, and AJ, and you, you've got like a storyline there. You can have those those lot go, you know, uh, tag team titles, you know, whatever title you want, you can have them sort of all fighting for. Uh, it 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 kind of it to me that makes the most sense. That, you know, the Bullet Club is so over, and I can't believe that it's gonna at some point. You know, they've talked about the club, and then they they split up. Obviously, Gallows and Anderson and, and AJ, um, especially with like the the WWE just taking everything from all indies at the minute. They you know I I think it's about time that they you know actually went full full into the club. Yeah. That would, that would be my that would be my dream booking, I guess. But whether or not that happens is, you know, I'm, I'm not holding out any hopes for. <laughs> yeah. Cool. But, uh, what I will say before we get into the next match is AJ's attire looks awesome. He looks yeah. so good. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I, I think uh, I, I really I want to get both your perspectives on who had the best entrance uh, but obviously I don't I don't think AJ had the best entrance but still I think he he just looked like he was just the guy uh, and yeah. uh, it, it looked brilliant I think that's good well we can go well if we go on that uh, entrances at the end and we can go and discuss that because throughout the points we'll kind of talk about the entrances um, but then obviously next we have the the former best friends uh, going at each other um, for the United States title. Um, on on your note, Maz, of entrances, I thought it was an, a nice touch to see the massive list of Jericho at the side. Um, this, this match, I thought, was it was quite a slow burner, but I thought it, it delivered in, in every aspect that it needed to. Um, I in all honesty, I thought that uh, Jericho was gonna gonna win. I know obviously he's going off with Fozzy, but I thought they'd give him the win and he'd maybe drop the belt on Raw later on down the line. But I, I can kind of because I don't think Owens necessarily needs the belt, but I I get why they did it. Um, but yeah, I just I I really enjoyed this match, like the way that it built up, the way that obviously we'll, we'll get into the different uh, ins and outs of it as we as we discuss it, but. Um, ben, what, what were your views of it? Um, I enjoyed it. I think that they could have they could have done more with it. I, I think that, especially if you know if Jericho's going off and not going to be around for a bit, you could have you could have had a sort of an injury ankle uh, ankle angle. <laughs> he could have injured his ankle. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it was. It, they're both great. They both work really well, and I was like. I think I was when I was watching it. I was just thinking about DDP yoga and going, "Hey, you know." Uh, <laughs> based, well, no, because like after the Hall of Fame with DDP going on about Jericho after he injured himself, getting him back onto it, um, and you just think, "Well, yeah, he, you know, he's not a young guy, but he, he moves so well." And you know, he, he's shown that for the last, you know, this last run of Jericho has been great, mm. um, and it's it's good to you know it's good to see sort of Owens getting a getting out there and having good matches as well um yeah I, I think it could have been a bit more savage you know like he was shouting at him a lot and saying he hates him and he's never his friend but it didn't really and I, I don't know whether or not that's you know because it's mania and we're still in the, the it's not the attitude era 
era, um, I think a few matches that probably should have been a bit more savage, you know, that should have been a bit more beatdowns didn't happen tonight. And we obviously talk about certain things later, but I just think they, they don't go out all out with uh, with that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that kind of, I don't know, maybe I just want blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maz, yeah. what, what did you think? Um, I... I wouldn't say I was underwhelmed because it was a really good match. I think what had what happened was because it went on straight after AJ and Shane and everyone was kind of really hyped after that. Uh, when we go into the rest of the matches, I think it kind of got lost in the, sh- the shuffle slightly, uh, which is a shame because arguably this was probably the best feud going into WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, I what you were saying before, Tim. Like uh, Jericho's entrance, that that scarf just I started I started crying with laughter. How amazing <laughs> that scarf was! Uh, the list looked amazing, um, but yeah, it's it's something with Owens's matches that he has where he kind of goes on the same bill as AJ, where he kind of he's not the same level as him. Um, I'm not sure. It, for me, it just kind of got lost a little bit. Um, but the, the the best spot in the whole match for me was uh, the finger. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's a callback, callback to the uh, the painting, isn't it? Mm. Which, I, Which didn't, I didn't even think about that. Uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. click that until someone put it on on our little Facebook group, but. If, if we talk about the kind of the specifics of the match, um, one thing that I really liked was, uh, as you mentioned, Ben, was in the constant shouting, like, nobody likes you, you don't have any friends. Um, yeah. I think Owens is probably one of the best people for, like, facials in, in matches. Like, it, the way he looks when he's angry, the way he looks when he's shocked, I think is fantastic. Um, yeah. the, obviously, the finger on the rope was just pure genius, I, I thought. Um, but leading to leading towards the finish, there was um, a moment which I thought kind of added to the storyline was the fact that they knew each other really well when they were just constantly count- countering each other's moves. Like uh, Owens obviously countered the lion salt, then Jericho countered the frogs, well, bullfrog splash or whatever you want to call it. Uh, there was another counter from Owens, then Owens did a swanton, which was nuts. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, and then we finally had the the attempt of the pop up power bomb into the the code breaker, which I thought looked yeah, absolutely sick. Um, but yeah, I, that's I think that's why I enjoyed the match was because even though as, as I said earlier it was a slow burner, and Maz, you mentioned it was probably one of the better feuds going in. I think the match did tell the story really well, and obviously the callback with the finger was was really well done. Um, I agree with you, Ben, about the whole kind of injury angle, but they were kind of playing on the the whole power bomb on the, on the apron because obviously that has injured people. Like it put out yeah. Seth, it put out uh, Sammy, it I think it put out even Cena for a little bit. So yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually. Yeah, so, so that I I get why they kind of ended it like that. Um, but obviously, with similar to my question with with AJ, like obviously now with Owens on with the belt. And we we assume we're going to see this this little team with Samoa Joe and Triple H. Like, who do we, do we see Owens in a feud with? Because 
as much as everyone loves seeing Owens and Sami Zayn, it's a little bit done, done to death at the moment. So could, could we see maybe Balor when he's back? I don't, I don't know. Um, ben, if we go with you. Balor makes sense, I think. Um, like I said... So this this is it, and it kind of depends what what happens post post mania. I, I think if they have a bit of a shuffle, um, and you put uh, AJ onto Raw, you could you you could have, and you have the, the, the warring factions. You could have Owens um, and Joe fighting AJ and Balor, um, and you could have them teaming against the you know the, the club or whatever. So I, I guess I guess Balor makes sense. Um, I think that the, the thing to do would be have Triple H back on Raw a bit more and have uh, Owens and and uh, and Joe and maybe a, a, th- a fourth person. But I, you know, stick. I was uh, saying that I'd like to see Pete done, but I, I doubt we'll see that. No, <laughs> I think that's just just fantasy booking. Um, but them just going around and just being like just beating people up and being those. You know, being that the monsters that they are, because Joe and Owens have both had that character where they, you know, they just come in and they just destroy everyone. Yeah, and like li- literally put putting the whole raw roster on notice. Maz, I what, guess. What would you like to see happen uh, with Owens uh, specifically? Uh, it's hmm, it's a hard one. So now he's unfortunate. He's unfortunately got a belt now, which uh, doesn't, <laughs> which has devalued so much. Um, I, it's it depends on what you want to do. If you want to elevate the title, I think you need to do kind of something like Cena did with the open open challenge because that did elevate the title a lot. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure how keen I am on this whole rumor of this Samojo Owens thing because I think obviously I think a faction like that would be cool and I like Ben's idea of like warring factions like the club versus the authority but I just don't want to see the authority ever again yeah. I'm so over Stephanie you know berating everyone and them coming out and doing like 20 minute promos it just it's just been done to death unfortunately so I, I'm not sure where Owens goes after this. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I guess we'll see after Raw uh, tonight. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we have the the women's uh, Fatal 4-Way elimination match. Um, firstly, I want to give Ben kudos for, for his Dalton Castle reference in our little Facebook <laughs> chat, which I thought was brilliant. Um, but... I, I was really annoyed. Like this match really annoyed me because I thought the booking of it was, in my opinion, was terrible. Like they could have done so much better with with the way they went with it. Um, there was a couple of obviously botched spots that we'll we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but yeah, I just I just didn't like how this this match went. Um, so Ben, what what did you think of the match? I wasn't so down on it. I thought, you know, it, it was uh, it was probably too short. That was my my main thing. I mean, if you think about the fact they gave like I'm gonna go go with my stats again. Sorry, guys. Um, they gave uh, Shane and, and um, Thingy Bob. Sorry, AJ. Shane and AJ 20, 20 odd minutes, um, 
I mean, even even the cruiserweight match got like a quarter of an hour. So th- this whole match was 12 minutes odd, which I thought, because here it's an el- elimination match, it was all quite rushed. So you're getting you're getting through three or four people in in like three minutes each or something. So the the beginning of it obviously for like the three of them going against Nia Jax and that was that was fun and that was you know kind of what we saw with DIY and the the revival in on Takeover against Authors of Pain, you know everyone teaming up against the the big ones. And then it kind of it went into you know what what would be the sort of the obvious uh the three of them rest like the three other ladies wrestling um charlotte is great i think that it's really difficult i think she she puts on a good match most times with here and, and pay-per-views definitely sort of delivers i feel like sasha and bailey haven't really done very much in the way of good work and this might be a bit again upsetting people since I think what we discussed it last night, probably the that takeover Brooklyn, yeah, um, was their yeah. last sort of great match, and they obviously they've come up and it's kind of I don't know they just don't seem to be putting on as as good a show or like turning out as good matches, and I, you know that might just be me being used to them and like having the the rose tinted NXT spectacles off from back in the day, but um, I enjoyed it. It was rushed, some box spots. Um, would I, I, you know? Don't don't think Bailey should have won it. Seem to seem to like they didn't they didn't go all in with with it. I think I think yeah. it was yeah it was lacking. It was it was a bit of a you know a, a half half fast attempt at it. I think. Well, because my but, issue was was with the the way they kind of booked Nia. Like I understand that obviously the three women needed to to gang up on her. But I would have liked to have seen her eliminate someone. I don't like in my in my head. I I saw Sasha was winning, so I thought the way that it was going to go, Nia eliminates Bailey, then um, they have have a in and out between the three of them. Um, Charlotte eliminates Nia, but Nia kicks off, retaliates angrily, beats up Charlotte, and Sasha gets the win, and then you have a teaming of. Um, Sasha and Nia. That's how I thought it was going to go, um, but it, so to see Nia eliminated the way she did really annoyed me, and I think that kind of took me out of it straight away because I was sort of like, well, what's the point of having her in the match? Um, but Maz, what what did you kind of think of it? Uh, this was probably the weakest, one of the weakest, I'd say, of the pay per view. I'll be honest, like this whole feud has been so confusing to me, like, booking-wise, as far as, you know, putting the title on Bailey before WrestleMania. Um, this this match in general was just a bit... I just didn't know what they were trying to go for. Uh, I agree with you, Tim, as far as having Nia Jax in it, but I did, I did like how they were putting her over as being this really dominant heel. Um, the... The consensus that I saw online was like people were really into Charlotte. They really like her, especially when she did that 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 jump off uh, the, the 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 corner yeah. onto the floor was amazing. Um, I, I it was just a bit weird. Like I did I did actually really enjoy the 
the suplex spot they, they did with Nia, but it looked like she landed really badly, like, yeah. <laughs> right on the yeah. back of her neck. Um, so yeah, I like how they booked Nia uh, in a way. Um, the when I'm trying to I'm trying to remember it was it's a bit of a blur this match, but I remember there was a deal with uh, Charlotte taking the turnbuckle yeah. off, and that eliminated Sasha. Yeah. I just felt like I felt like Sasha just felt like she was just a I, I I actually thought like her entrance was pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Well and Charlotte's to be honest. Um but it just seemed like she was she was just there for a little bit and then she got eliminated and then we had the finish and I was just kind of I think I was looking on my phone and I looked up and was Oh, right. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. That's over. Um, the I, the elbow drop I just didn't agree with. No, I, I agree. I mean, it was it just seemed a bit under under I, I don't know. Just didn't feel very impactful at all, unfortunately. No, and I think well, we were obviously talking about botch spots. Obviously, Maz, you mentioned the the ripping off of the turnbuckle, but the turnbuckle still actually being there. Um, yeah, got to give a massive shout out to to Corey Graves for absolutely selling that that story completely because otherwise uh, Sasha's elimination would have made no sense whatsoever um, no not at all but I think Sasha and Charlotte both had like they were both the, the, their their eliminations were based on yeah. buckle spots so yeah. it so, kind of really 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 made it difficult for the rest of the match but as as we mentioned I think at the moment, out of the whole roster, like men and women, Charlotte is hands down one of the the best sort of athletes that they've got across the across both SmackDown and Raw, I think. And it's they've kind of put themselves into a hole because obviously we saw obviously her lose her her pay per view streak, so to say, um, and obviously now Bailey's beaten her twice, so I don't really know what they're going to do with her now because obviously we had the whole thing with. Dana Brooke, but that was very short-lived as well. Obviously, they've they've got they've got massive plans for her, but I just don't short short term. I don't see what they're going to do with Charlotte. Like, have you guys got any opinions on that? Um, yeah, what I'd like for them to do is I I think going forward, I think they should um, kind of go back to the whole Dana Charlotte thing, but re introduce Emma as uh, Dana's um, you know because obviously they did the thing in NXT I think bringing Emma in kind of turning Charlotte as like maybe more of a tweener and having Emma and Charlotte go for a bit because uh, what we were talking about before and I'm sure a lot of people agree is that the women's division on Raw is just circulated around those four those three women so just to kind of get them away from each other for a bit uh, I'd get the title off Bailey as soon as possible. Just get it off of her ASAP. Put it on. Um, I'd like it to go on Nia to give her a bit of a run to elevate her a bit, and then do redo that story with Bailey having to like overcome the odds and you know finally get her win back and just try and forget any of this happened. <laughs> ben, what what would you like to see happen with Charlotte? It's difficult. I think, I, th- I think she'd work well with Mickey James. I think that would be a good a good person. But obviously, brand split. Mm. Um, 
you've obviously got the the women's uh, tournament coming up at the end of the year, which we spoke about yesterday. So potentially you've got a, a new like a, a new batch of people that she can do that whole Neville, you know, queen of the, yeah. the women's division, sort of like just rule it over it. I think I think the brand split really hurts the um, the women's division because I think that you you could have more feuds you could have more sort of factions you could have more stuff going on whereas you know as you say it's sort of limited to four people on raw like who else is in the, the women's division on raw like at least you can't think <laughs> um alicia fox but she's obviously just hanging out with no i'm not your boy your boy no am um that's it i think isn't I, it there's probably others, but yeah. it's kind of like they're not. There's, there's no story. There's no telly time. There's nothing dedicated to them. So um, the fact it makes it difficult because obviously, you know, I know, I know, us three and multiple others will have been watching NXT, where you've had Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey for ages. And it's just continuation of that. Yeah. So it, it needs to be something else. It needs to be something different. Um, I think I think you're right with put the belt on Nia, and then you could have that whole authors of pain thing where you know you, you're giving them the chance to be the, the dominated champion, but also sort of making it a bit make, making the other three have to chase it a bit. Mm. And um, yeah, obviously Bailey came away with the win with the with the shout out to to Macho Man's elbow which we've obviously men- already mentioned I I didn't like I thought it was a, a poor kind of finish but um, with obviously the women's title going forward obviously we've kind of touched upon it there um, both of you guys saying you'd like to see Nia kind of hold it but there's been rumours floating around that, that Sasha's going to be turning heel and then we're going to get a, a Sasha Bailey feud Um Obviously, going back to to what we spoke about yesterday with the whole uh, takeover Brooklyn, like their incredible match from that. Do we think that they can have that same sort of feud on Raw, or do we do we want to put this to bed and move on? Basically, so so Ben, what what do you think? I think they're going to have to because they've not really got much, unless they suddenly you know have a a new intake of people who they they can have as their stars in the women's division on Raw, then. Yeah, the, the, they're going to have to do something like that. I think Sasha turning heel and, and you know feuding with Bailey, but then you know is it are you just going to have Charlotte somewhere in the mix because or, or just Charlotte Nia? Something drastic needs to happen, and I think that they they are recognising that. Um, we we I don't think anyone thinks Oscar's coming up yet, but Oscar would be a good person to be in yeah. that mix because she's been there before. But then. We're just retelling all the all the old NXT storylines. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a tricky one. Um, Maz, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'd 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 you know like to see that feud happen again. Obviously, it was very very good. Sasha's a brilliant heel, and I think the whole story between her and Bailey works really well, and it can be told like on the main roster. However, I probably wouldn't do it for the title. Uh, I'd have it as like a separate feud because I don't think it really needs a title, if I'm completely honest. Uh, have 
some other women's storylines happening, you know, maybe at the same time for the title. Like, like I said, you know, Emma coming back or, you know, having Charlotte in the mix or, you know, having Nia Jax as a champion at that point. Uh, so, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see it again because uh, obviously that match is arguably one of the greatest women's matches in the company. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, why not? Cool. And um, I want to briefly talk about the the Hall of Fame, not because anything in particular, but I really enjoyed that Kurt got the USUK chance. I think, it, obviously, it, it, everyone loves him, but I think that was almost like a a sign of respect that they they started chanting that for him. So that I thought that was a nice touch. Did you guys enjoy that? Oh, sorry, I'll go first. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah it was uh, it was cool. I don't know if you watched the Hall of Fame or not. I, I watched a little bit, but fell asleep before the end. So I thought the Hall of Fame was was very good, uh, just generally. But Kurt's induction was just it was hard to watch. It was like. Uh, uh, your uncle at a Christmas party like showed all his like party tricks. It's like, oh, remember when I, you know, drank all the milk? Or do you remember when I used to wear these wigs? Like, do you remember this? And it was, it was actually quite. I was like, oh god, come on, Kurt, just, just say thank you and just move on. Um, but apart from that, uh, yeah, the, the the class this this year was very strong, like very strong, if anything. Um, my problem with the Hall of Fame, unfortunately, is that they I think they just put in too many people every year and they're just going to start running out at some point. Yeah. Ben, any any views? Uh, no, it, it, it's a piss break for me. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, yeah. I think some, someone I was with had a bit of a problem with the fact that they were doing the you suck chant they were like oh that's just disrespectful it's like well no that's that's the gimmick like yeah it, it is what it is yeah it's weird because unless you're a wrestling fan you'd have no idea why that many people were shouting you suck and him appreciating it <laughs> yeah this yeah. is true um and then obviously talking about callbacks maz you're obviously going to know why i love this um but we saw the return of the hardy boys which are um, I literally, I, I was so happy when this happened. I didn't think it was going to. I thought yeah. when when we saw New Day come out at first, I thought they're going to tease it, but it's going to be a massive swerve and they're going to put themselves in the match. But, well, basically, what happened with me was I was watching it and I think maybe my feed was a little bit late because I was on Twitter and Adam Effin Pacini was on Twitter and he basically spoiled it for me. Like, okay. Yeah, because I because I saw them, I saw everyone come out, and then New Day came out, and then at that point, um, I was like, "Oh, come on, it's well, it's got to be them." You definitely spoiled it for yourself by being on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, it was yeah, it was one of those uh, it it was one of those WrestleMania moments, and I think this this pay per view had a few of them. Um, it, it it just made it for me. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting that they kind of obviously came out to their to their old music, but obviously kept with the the kind of broken hardy um, gimmick to an extent because obviously we had the delete chance, and and I'm not sure if you guys saw the the promo that they cut afterwards, but 
um, Matt was obviously like saying that it was delightful and wonderful to beat the club and that their yeah. reign as champions was obsolete and things like that, which... Well, I'm, they're I'm... in a difficult situation with Anthem at the moment, like with all this copyright issues. So I can see why... I, I can see why they obviously didn't go full force into the, the broken map stuff. Although I feel like Cole made a slight uh, nod to it uh, like calling him broken or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, so but, yeah, I do remember that actually. But the crowd just like oh, was just insane. I can't even imagine how loud the reaction was in there. And seeing like nearly seventy thousand people doing the delete was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um. So if we get on to the, to the match itself, obviously we already had uh, the club Cesaro and uh, Sheamus, whose entrance was pretty cool in its own right. Um, and Enzo and yeah, Cass. I, I liked that they were cosplaying as the headbangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea what the. I was like, I saw Cesaro come out and I was like, is he wearing a skirt? Like, why is he wearing a skirt? And then I realised that they're trying to blend their both their gimmicks together. Yeah. It, it does seem weird to me. Um, and yeah, obviously Enzo and Cass were, were in the ring as well. Um, I thought it was really nice that obviously they gave the Hardys kind of the early advantage, like, obviously we saw um, the callback to Poetry in Motion, um, there's, uh, I think Jeff hit Whisper in the Winds quite early, um, but I, I really liked this match, like, it was one of the matches that I kind of thought going into it, it was going to be a bit of a spot fest, um, and that there wouldn't be much of a story told, which I guess to an extent there wasn't, um, but I think everyone kind of came out of this looking pretty strong, to be to be honest. Um, so, Maz, what did you think? Um, yeah, I I knew you'd be a mark for it. <laughs> all the ladders and everyone jumping off. The thing that I completely forgot about was um, they'd already had a ladder match with Ring of Honor like 24 hours yeah. earlier with the Young Bucks. So just to just for these guys to be the age that they are doing ladder matches like this still to this level uh, is just unbelievable. I think you're right. Everyone did look very strong. Um, and uh, the spots that they did were brilliant. Uh, the the callback to Jeff, uh, I can't remember what WrestleMania it was, but the callback to Jeff getting on top of that giant, as soon as I saw that 50-foot ladder, I was like, oh, Jeff's definitely jumping off yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was spot filled, but it was really entertaining. Like one of one of my favourite matches of the night, probably. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I think it was definitely, definitely probably, probably the the best match of the night. I think only only in as much as it, you know, the ladder matches at, at Mania are always super super entertaining, and as you say, spot fest. I think I don't. I can understand why they put the titles on them, and I think that it'll be, you know, it'd be good for the the brand, as it were, and it'll be, you know, it'll make people sort of go, oh yeah, I remember the Hardys. Let's watch wrestling. Um, I know a lot of, of people uh, who aren't really into it who go, oh, are these are those guys, so like, they grew up watching them, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was pretty sure that they were going to put the, the titles on Cass and Enzo, and I think I feel a bit sort of like. Feel like they were lost in the mix a little bit in this match. Um, it, it, I think 
Cesaro and uh, and Sheamus probably had a lot more interaction. Um, especially, I think Cesaro took the full brunt of that uh, that ladder spot. Oh yeah, that um, looked awkward as hell. But um, it was it was good. It was it was the the IC ladder match that we that I think everyone was complaining about missing when they they said that they weren't doing it. So I think they they've obviously you know built built to that and it, it worked. Um, happy to see the Hardys back. Like I I. I was I enjoyed all of the broken Matt Hardy stuff. I didn't really care too much about the the actual matches that they've been doing. Um, yeah. I think that I think that it makes total sense that that WE have gone. Yeah, yeah, we'll have that. Come on, guys. You, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you're making money for other people here. Um, so so yeah, you know, it was the it was the most entertaining of all of the matches. I think I'm not going to say it was the best match, but. Uh, you know some some uh, some quality bits. I, I would have liked to have seen more uh, more ridiculous uh, ladder spots. You know, but that's just again. I, I feel like I'm just as I said before. Just want to see people get kicked in the face or <laughs> yeah. blood. I'm, I'm, I'm just selling myself as a bit of a uh, you know a, a sadist. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I just think it's funny that uh, in t- this year, well, this weekend alone, we've seen. Broken Matt and Jim Cornette come back to WWE. Yeah, like the like, it's like a you know a reverse. Just, just I I can't believe it. Just see <laughs> Jim Cornette and Matt Hardy back in WWE. Uh, it's just it's just hilarious to me. Um, yeah. Well, if we go into to the match itself a little bit more, obviously we've kind of mentioned a couple of the spots, but um. I think it was interesting, Ben, you said that kind of Enzo and Cass got a little bit lost in this because I thought, especially Cass, it made him look very strong. And I, I liked that, again, Enzo was just being flung around like a rag doll. Um, the bit where Enzo was on Cass's shoulders and was climbing up the ladder, I thought that was a, like a nice touch just to kind of almost put them two even stronger as best friends because it was like, we need to do this together to, to win the titles. Um I loved the club in this. I, I'm a little bit disheartened that they didn't win, but I get why the Hardys were given the belt. Um, my main issue is with kind of Sheamus and Cesaro because obviously throughout the last year, we've seen them build as a team. Um, they've started working really well as a team, but I don't know if they should stick together as a team. Like I know that there was a spot when um, Cesaro was... Was doing the swing and Seamus was doing his like chest beating bit. That was great. Yeah, which which is kind of like it's making their chemistry as a tag team more viable now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with with them being a tag team for me. So, do you guys kind of see them sticking as a team for for a little bit longer, or do you think there'll be a breakup pretty soon? Uh, Maz, if we go with you first. Um. I I feel the same way as you. I think uh, most um, wrestling wrestling fans would like to see Cesaro finally get his just dues and get put in that main event spot. But again, the problem with this brand split is there's not enough teams. I mean, that's probably why we saw the Hardys back as well as the nostalgia. But 
there's just I mean that was all the tag teams I mean apart from maybe one or two mm. so I think they need to keep them as a team for a little bit longer just until they elevate that tag team division and then possibly do the um, do the split because uh, to be honest I do I do like Sheamus and Cesaro as a team uh, I think their entrance is a bit questionable but as far as like uh them as a team, I think uh, they they work really well. And Ben, what do you think? So, I don't know if I imagined it, and I didn't actually see it. And I'm sorry, I'm just trying to look on the WWE shop uh, now. But like when they walked in, they both appeared to have t-shirts. Um, oh, okay. And I don't, and I don't know if that is like they've got a new shirt out or something but I, I can't see it on the WWE shop so maybe not but it, it looked like they both had some some form of shirt in their hand which made me think oh they've got merch so you know they're obviously going to stick together for a little bit yeah um, I'm really happy for it because like it's Cesaro yeah does need to go somewhere and do something but I think that it's, it's working really well for Sheamus I think like if you think about how hated Sheamus was, and now they've they, now now he's teaming with someone, and he's sort of like he's the lovable uh, sort of like uh, crotchety old man, isn't he? He's like, oh, I hate all this fun, and now he's like, oh, actually, I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's a it's a good gimmick. Like, um, I think that I think that Cesaro would be one of the people, like I was saying before, if if Dino and uh, AJ came a raw, then I'd I'd potentially put Cesaro. Um, over to to SmackDown um, to do some some work with like some of the guys on there and and have it. Then you could have him in that event, like main event pitch. You could have him um, fighting Bray and Randy and stuff for the um, for the the title. I think I think that would would make more sense. I think he'd, he'd get lost in the mix still a bit with with people like Braun and and Roman. Uh, Seth, mm. I think that there's there's still a, a sort of separation there, but I think you know I think it maybe not time yet. I don't I don't think they've they've taken all they can uh, take from this uh, this tag team, um, especially when as I said, like I was I was uh, in, in stitches with the uh, the, the swinging uh, chest yeah. beating spot. It was just it was great. Again, it was like as I said, the most entertaining um, match of the night. And if we go on to the actual uh, the titles themselves, obviously we we saw obviously the Hardys come away with with the win with the um, well Matt doing a twist of fate off the ladder, and then obviously Jeff going back to showing no regard for his body whatsoever with a stupid swanton off the giant ladder, which I thought it was quite funny the way they because obviously it was on hard cam. And you could see Matt going up the ladder, and then all of a sudden, just to the right of the screen, you just saw the top of this ladder appear, and I, you, I think everyone just got the one. Oh fuck, Jeff's gonna die. Um, but yeah, I thought obviously with the, I thought it was good that it was Matt that was the one that actually grabbed the belts because obviously that kind of builds into the brand, and if they are kind of gonna be the broken team, then it kind of sets that about. Um, but in regards to kind of going forward, um, I'd like to personally see quite a long feud with the club. Maybe go, maybe not all the way to SummerSlam, but 
if you kind of tease it, so they're not necessarily going against each other week in, week out, you could tease it all the way to SummerSlam, and I think that would be quite an interesting thing to see. Um, so what? who would you guys like to see the Hardys sort of feuding with next? Uh, ben, if we go with you. Feuding with, I think, I think they, so everyone goes on about the SmackDown tag titles and, and how like the the tag p- picture in SmackDown is a lot more healthy than it is on Raw. So again, you put the Hardys in. So it, you'd feud with all of them. You'd have all of the teams sort of like vying for the titles. They'd probably all feel like, oh, hang on, you've come back and you've you know just stolen this from us. This wasn't even your match. So you could you could again legitimately have anyone involved. I'd like I'd like to see the club. Um, but I think I think that the the sort of the, the way that the tag title picture is, it would be everyone going for it, and I, I quite like that. Like like I was, we were saying about the cruiserweights, I like that it's quite open, and you don't have to have oh this person is fighting this person. It, it's like well no, everybody's after these belts, and, mm-hmm. and and it's and it is like a bit more of a a pic a title picture rather than just a two guys fighting over one thing. Yeah. Maz, what about yourself? Um, I cannot wait for the promo battles between Enzo and Broken Matt. To be <laughs> really honest, um, I think that would be that's just got money written all over it. Um, I uh, this is the thing, right? Because they've brought in a new team and it's already instantly refreshed everything. Because like we're talking about with this brand splits. You know, when you have the the same four teams going against each other, it gets diluted slightly. Now that we've got the Hardys in, and hopefully maybe we get the revival into SmackDown, it will start. You know, getting a new breath of fresh air into the division, and you know, I I, I like the idea of it being a kind of free for all, like Ben was saying. But I think an actual program between uh, the Hardys and yeah, maybe Kaz and Enzo or uh, pro- probably Gallows and Anderson, I think, makes the most sense. So, um, yeah, just uh, I'm just excited to see Enzo and Matt go against each other on the mic, basically. Because I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. Let's go. What you waiting for? You only got one life. And we going to live it up. So give me the green light. Because I'm ready to go. Um, and then we go on to uh, see. Right before we get into this, this is for me where the whole pay per view started to. It felt like things were kind of winding down. Um, I don't know whether I was just because I was tired or that just the standards of matches kind of started to deplete from here. Um, but we have this is where we had uh, John Cena and Nikki Bella against uh, Miz and as Al Brooker called her Maurice. Um, <coughs> I've got to say, for the last year to year and a half, Miz has been f- just fantastic. Like, the guy can do no wrong, in my opinion. Um, and I think right from the off, we kind of saw him almost being a face, but not meaning to, which I thought was really ironic, because obviously he was kind of pandering to the crowd, but expecting booze, but everyone was actually cheering him, which I thought was really good. Um but the, I, 
I liked this match up until the end because I thought it was really clever how Maurice didn't want to be in the ring and Miz and Cena did actually put on quite a decent match. Um, and I'll, we'll get on to why I hated the end in a minute, but what, did you guys... Because along with um, Owens and Jericho, I think this was kind of the one of the best-built feuds, which is weird to say because it was all built around a reality TV show, essentially. Um, but yeah, did, did you guys enjoy this match? Um, Maz, if we go with you first. Um, I, I agree with you. I think this was one of the best feuds going into it. I... I think it was quite underwhelming, unfortunately. And I think it was because um, it felt like just a, a sort of a raw main event kind of thing. I think they could have done a lot more with the elements that they had. For example, we obviously had Miz and Daniel Bryan were feuding for a couple of weeks uh, before this. And obviously Miz was pandering to the crowd with like Bryan's kicks and stuff like that. I think what could have been really interesting if they gone this direction is brought Brian out you know to start you know I don't know George Jackson against the Miz and maybe Brie oh I guess she's she's pregnant isn't yeah, she? yeah. Okay. alright never mind that <laughs> but I think but I don't know maybe just have something to do with Brian come out and helping Cena in some way because it just seems a bit odd that uh, Brian and Miz were in this feud and it's not leading to anything unfortunately because obviously Brian's you know, he, he can't, he's retired. Um, I thought bringing out Jerry the King Lawler was terrible. That's, oh, I completely uh, that, forgot about that. Yeah, that kind of made me feel the same way as you did, Tim, as like the, it kind of falling down the side of, <laughs> side of a mountain. Um, yeah, it just, the match for me was just a bit, um, felt just like a, like a raw main event or a SmackDown main event, basically. Just, I, I felt they could have done a lot more with it, basically. Mm. Ben? It wasn't terrible. It it was because it was all leading to the like the finish. Um, yeah, the, the post match uh, section. It was kind of like the whole the whole point of the, the of everything. It was you know all the build and all of the talking about them two getting engaged and 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 all of that is just you know absolutely shitting on it for weeks to actually be a lead to them you know people said oh he's definitely going to propose and then and then it happening it's kind of like i'm quite i'm glad that it did happen and i'm quite glad that they went into it in that way because they could have just ignored that but they let Miz just absolutely rip into cena and and um, I think it I think it worked I think I think as a whole if you think of, as, you know as you say the build for it prior to Mania it was it was like the best it was the most rounded of all of the the feuds I think um, and it's it's nice to see uh, it's nice to see Miz just being a top heel but also just being totally over I think I think the, the best thing out of it was um, was that. I, I love John Cena, like an unashamedly big fan of, of Cena, um, but it it just was a bit much like, it, I think it's because he's happy, I, I don't like to see him, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's there grinning while he does the, the, the five knuckle or the ten knuckle shuffle, whatever, you know, it was a bit, it was just a bit cringe. it was all a bit cringy, I think, mm. and that was the problem, but, um, go on. Yeah. 
to add to Ben's point there as well, uh, as far as the Miz being over, like if you if you watch the Hall of Fame ceremony, obviously Cena does the induction for Angle, and he gets like berated with "Let's go Miz" chants when he's inducting Kurt Angle into the uh, Hall of Fame, and you can tell like just in this match how much I don't everyone really does like the Miz for being such a great heel and being really arrogant but then you've still got that minority or majority or whatever you want to call it of people that hate Cena just because it's Cena you know what I mean yeah yeah well because it's oh go sorry, on, go on go on I was just gonna say like Cena loves it though like it, it, it it's great that he so it in like complete sort of opposite to Roman Reigns what you can see in Roman's face that he's like dying inside when he's getting booed out of the building but Cena's just like yeah I don't care like this is like you are you are reacting and I don't care I'm getting paid and I am still like top of like you know I've, I've been doing it for years and I'm still head, not headlining but I'm still having all of these matches and I'm going off and doing whatever the hell I want and uh, I, you can tell that it, it it doesn't really phase him anymore, which I think probably eggs the the crowd on a bit more to try and get a reaction. But it, it never really seems to work, which I love. I love the fact that he's just like, yeah, carry on, yeah, do it as much as you want. It he just smiles through it, and that it, and it's endearing. <laughs> <laughs> well, because uh, what I was going to say is, I like, I wouldn't say I'm a massive Cena fan, but I do like. I wouldn't say I hate him either. Like he's he puts on like really great matches, but my issue with with how the the match ended, not obviously post match, but the whole kind of them double teaming and and doing the the ten knuckle shuffle and then the the attitude adjustment and whatever Nikki's finishers called, like like what you said, Ben, it just felt really cringeworthy, and I, I felt that if that was the way that they're going to end the feud, it was just. Yeah, it was just a bit poor, I thought. Um, but obviously, with with the end segment, do we feel that it was premeditated? Because I don't want to shit on it because it was a really nice like sentiment and like really happy for, that he's finally popped the question and all that. But do, do you think that maybe he'd already asked the question ahead of this? Oh, and- I can't. I can't believe you're even asking that, Tim. Really? <laughs> I mean. There, there is no way that they because it's been rumored for months and months that he was going to propose to her. I think watching Nikki in the segment, I think it was for me anyway. I mean, personally, I just thought that it was pretty obvious that he'd already asked her, but they were doing it as like a quote-unquote WrestleMania moment, you know, like um, Savage and Liz did like years ago. Um, <laughs> I just say I think I just I don't know why you'd what because you've got those smarky like internet wrestling fans there and you're proposing to her in the middle of the ring and he's getting booed and it's just I don't know I I think it for what they were trying to achieve it unfortunately kind of got lost in that kind of just. I don't know. It just seemed a bit weird for me. If Vince Russo was booking this, she would have said no, and we'd got an ultimate swerve, heel turn, and we'd start that feud. But unfortunately, he's not there. Well, we've obviously got Maz's views. Ben, did you did you think it was premeditated at all? 
mean, she obviously knew it was going to happen. I think I think they will have they will have spoken about it. Like he probably would have said, "I'm going to ask you to marry me at Mania." But I I I was into it. Like I thought that he, what he was saying, her reaction wasn't a. I know what you're going to say, so I think he he must have prepared that speech and then gone into it without without her really knowing exactly what he's going to say. But yeah, she was expecting the proposal, but I think it was an actual moment for those two. Yeah, I, I, that's what I got, and which I, I you know I thought that was quite nice. I, at the end of the day, when you like, I, I'm a married man, and when you when you propose like propose you. Some people just do it at home on the sofa. John Cena is probably like, do you know what? WrestleMania is the place to do this. It's like, it's the pinnacle of our careers being in, at WrestleMania together. So of, of course I'm going to do that grand gesture on the grandest stage. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I thought it was great. And, and that's me being a, a soppy guy. <laughs> it, to- it totally is. And I think, I think a lot of bitters bitter cynical virgins on the internet will be slagging it off uh, uh ooh, boo cena being happy it's like oh no and it, it, it's totally that go back to liking bray wyatt and liking dean ambrose i'm gonna fall out with with people i can tell um, <laughs> you know and and talk about cz czw and you know and how progress aren't really punk and whatever um <laughs> it, it was great. I loved it. So, you know, we'll move on. We'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, that's cool. Um, and then we have uh, the the unsanctioned match. And Maz, this sort of kind of harks back to what you were talking about with entrances. Um, so oh my god, this entrance! Pa- Papa H, what what a man! <sighs> I did. I I could I could Im- only imagine Bret Hart watching this gang. What? are you doing like <laughs> who do you think you are uh it was it was classic h obviously uh i i don't know if it's i don't know if it was his best one uh but it was it was very it was very uh, impressive to say the very least um but the the match in general i I know, Ben, obviously you're going to talk, probably say about it not being as brutal as it could have been, and I, I totally agree with you. Um, but I think the one thing I took away from it was it reminded me of how good a storyteller Triple H actually is. Because obviously we kept seeing him going back to the knee. There was like little digs at it. I think there was a bit um, on the announce table where you could only just see it kind of out of sight that uh, Triple H kind of hit hit uh, Seth behind the back of the knee and he just crumbled um, obviously we had uh, Seth doing the, the flip to buckle the knee which was actually how he got the original injury in the first place um, the bit with the sledgehammer where Seth just threw it and it was in kind of heart, like within reach of Triple H I thought that was a fantastic little spot um, but the match in general like the actual contest so to say was a little bit underwhelming um i I don't know how you guys kind of perceived it uh obviously mentioned about the brutality so we'll go with you first ben 25 minutes 25 minutes worth of this match um 15 minutes too long really if it was i I didn't dig it i thought that if it was going to be that long 
you would have had some run-ins. There was a lot of speculation about Joe coming in uh, or, or Bala turning up. There was loads of speculation about something happening. And it was just a pretty okay match with Triple H and Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, it, it didn't need to be that long. Um, wasn't didn't, didn't really dig it that much. Like, good to see Seth there. Um, glad that he got to got to be at Mania. Um, Triple H, <laughs> yeah, he look, looks great. Like you know, but but potentially needs to you know stop getting involved so much and let the other guys who can you know do a twenty five minute match and, and not make it feel like a an hour uh, have a go. I don't think Seth Rollins should be really fighting Triple H at Mania. I know it's it's difficult because you're like, well, actually, no, he's definitely going to be made up to be having those kind of matches because why wouldn't you? Um, and obviously people want to see the, the big names, but uh, didn't didn't dig it. Just thought, you know, I didn't didn't dig the entrances either. Give me, give me Terminator or give me death. <laughs> um, yeah, coming down, like, what were the police there for? Like, I... If if it was that, uh, I don't know. You know, was there any need for for the the guys on the motorbikes to be there? It's like, oh, it's an escort, so I can like. He was really tentatively coming down that ramp on that bike. It was it was just a bit like it was a bit lame. I thought because he was he was so like nervously gingerly coming down the ramp on this big hog, and it's like, well, you've clearly got that from the guys that make the uh, make the belts for you. Um, and then, and then he got to the bottom, and it was like, bim, 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 and I was just there, like, oh, oh no, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah, didn't didn't dig this very much. Like, want want to, see, I, I don't know, uh, want to see Seth Rollins do. I know storyline wise, it may, you know, that's what we were building for, but I, I want to see, whether or not he's not hundred percent, and that's why he can't go for like. But he had a twenty five minute match. Yeah. It's sort of like, well, it's clearly that he's not that injured and it probably is all a bit of a work. So, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I, again, you know, I feel like I've been shitting on things a lot <laughs> the last couple of days. No, it's, it's your opinion, man. It's, that's what yeah. we're here for. Um, Maz, what about you? Um, yeah, the 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 moment that uh, Ben was talking about when he, he... I thought he stalled it, to be honest, but when he stopped the, the bike and he started revving the engine, that instantly made him a heel for me because I know every time I'm at a traffic light and there's a guy uh, on a motorbike next to me and he's revving his engine, I was saying, oh, for God's sake. But um, the match was... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, Seth's entrance was... When he came out with the, the Olympic uh, flame... Uh, I was like, oh, okay, that's. I'm not sure what that's about. Yeah, I and didn't then, get that. I, I did like, I did like that spot with the, when the the whole um, Iway kind of uh, did the LED thing with the fire. I thought that was quite cool. My my biggest issue with this match. Now this was a point of the night where I was really getting heavy eyes, uh, and for this to be as long as it was, uh, it didn't need to be. Um, my problem with it was. Obviously, Seth went into it, quote-unquote, injured. But all of his offense meant that he was going on the broke, on the, the knee. Yeah. It just didn't. It just took me out of the match completely. And the other thing that took me out of it was it was supposed to be this unsanctioned match, which was basically a no-DQ. I mean, I didn't understand what 
the rules of it were because there was a rope break at one point during the match. So I was like, so well, I, I don't understand. Steph kept interrupting the match like gingerly, like, oh, I hope the ref doesn't see me. But obviously it's a unsanctioned match. Um, I, I thought like uh, most people that there was going to be, because it was an unsanctioned match, there was going to be a run in with Joe or something. I, I thought it was going to be uh, Triple H winning with the help of Joe, and then that would start that feud between Rollins and Joe. But uh, I think this was the I think this was the best outcome to kind of get Seth a bit more over than he was. Uh, Steph going through the table that needed to happen. Um, that was a good spot as well. I did enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a bit. It didn't need to be as long as it was. No. And going back to kind of Steph, I think her role in this match was was quite good because um, there was a couple of times when uh, I think Seth was like pulling out chairs from under the under the ring, and she like you could see uh, Triple H was like leaning against the the ring post, and she was shouting, "He's getting chairs! He's getting chairs!" Um, and she was almost being kind of like a ring general, like saying like what Seth was doing to kind of keep Triple H in the loops and the the spot with her going through the table was was brilliant because obviously it led to to Triple H being distracted um the one bit I did I really enjoyed um obviously kind of what you said Maz kind of took me out of it a little bit was obviously Seth's um Phoenix Phoenix Flash um move because obviously that's gonna hurt your knee but he seemed to be fine with that um, but was the constant reversal, reversals of the pedigree? I thought that was a really, really nice little spot that they did. Um, I, I do agree, but I think they maybe overdid it a bit too much. I think, I mean, maybe one or two times, but uh, I think they did it like four or five times. Yeah, it yeah. just got to the point where it was like it felt quite rehearsed. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. But um, I'm, my only thinking is because obviously now this is kind of put things to bed so to say because Seth has slayed the king quote unquote um, and obviously you were saying uh, with it being un- unsanctioned we most people kind of thought we'd see Joe um, and that would set up a feud with, with him but I think we could still get that I think we, we might find out tonight on Raw that Triple H comes down with Joe and, and something happens from there but do we think that's the the next logical step for for Seth? Um, as we go with you first. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm not sure where else you go with Seth because, you know, he's he's already feuded with most of the top guys on Raw. Uh, I think it would be a good, I think it would be a good uh, feud going forward, like Joe and uh, Rollins. Uh, you know, so yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Ben? Makes sense to me, and also hopefully gets fits into my my lovely plan of uh, Triple H's little clique and yeah. uh, getting the shields back together. Because really, it needs to happen. Um, Dean is just in dire straits. I think <laughs> yeah. uh, everybody hates, um, and, and ha- you know, I don't. I guess the thing would be like, wh- how do you how do you book them? Because Everybody wants uh, Roman to be a heel, and but I don't think you could have Seth and Dean as a heel. So just, just you know, if they're not going to turn him, just 
get the shield and make everyone love the shield again because people do it did so yeah. i think if you if you had that set up it makes it makes sense but i don't know you had, you had a few teasers earlier this uh, this year potentially when they they were all sort of together or like the idea um seth and uh roman doing like the power bomb spot yeah. and stuff it's kind of like well just, just you know, pull the trigger on stuff. Stop pussyfooting around. <laughs> it, well, this is, I, I don't, I really don't understand why they don't do stuff like this because it's sort of like it's what everyone wants. It would make really good TV, and these people aren't going to be around for ages because yeah. they're going to end up injuring themselves, and you're going to miss your chance to do these things. I don't know. No, it's, I, I kind of agree, but I think as well that it's one of those things they've kind of. I think they've kind of missed the boat with it, but. I guess we'll we'll see later on down the line. Um, now, this is the the point in the night where I got really fucking angry. Um, ben, as you've mentioned earlier, like people are probably going to dislike you because I, I know you're not massive into Bray, but I love the dude, and I think that the 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 end of this match made me really really angry. Um, but we'll go into the match itself. Um, I was a little disappointed, to be honest, because, again, I think this... For how stupid some of the vignettes and things were, I thought this feud was built up really well. Um, and I think we'd seen a different side of Randy Orton that we hadn't necessarily seen before, that he can he can kind of be... He can, he can perform, almost. Um so I wanted to see a really decent match between these two, but I think it was completely lost in the gimmick. Like I, the whole kind of maggots and worms and cockroaches bit in the ring, I thought was it was re- a really cool aesthetic, but it was a little bit cringy. Um, there wasn't a massive amount of actual wrestling, um, and then yeah, to have Randy win, I literally just went, "Oh fuck this." Uh, I, I, it just made me really angry. Um, oh dear, is that Pam? Yeah, no, she's playing uh, Xbox next door. She's getting angry about something. She's get, she's getting ang- angry for the same reasons that I'm getting angry. Yeah, she's just, <laughs> just watching the finish of that brain match. <laughs> yeah. um, but Ben, if we go with you first, what 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 did you think of this? Couldn't care less. Like, did not <laughs> care about the whole feud. Don't like. So to me, Bray Wyatt wears a fedora and a Hawaiian shirt and like that you know that to me is what I know of Bray I've never ever seen the appeal I think the whole Wyatt family was the WWE just trying to trying to build another spooky character because you know they they had the Undertaker and he worked so well and now it's just like well nah um Husky Harris. It's all it's all I see. I just see Husky Harris, and I'm just like, you, you. I I don't know. I I don't. Sanity are doing the gimmick better. Okay, no, I'll give I'll give you that. I I I I didn't care. I don't like Orton that much. You know, I I think that again, he's one of these guys that's been around for a bit, and you know. A fair play to him for being for still working constantly and, and everything. And you know, what else is he going to do? He's not ever going to be an actor. Um, he's not going to have that to fall back on. So he's going to work for a bit. Um, don't like yet. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the worms and the maggots. Thought that was great. 
don't know how you expected to win a match with you know changing the the mat. It's like oh oh, it's messy with my heads, man. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't actually hurt you though. Cause as soon as the lights go, <laughs> so just do that. Hit Sister Abigail and get get the three count, or or you know just stay in the corner while he's rolling around on the floor all, all messed up. Yeah, it, it's nonsense. Uh, did not enjoy this. Neither. No, no. um, Sorry. <laughs> what about yourself, Maz? Um, it was unfortunately quite underwhelming. I was following a. Uh, uh, Mafia of Botchamania on Twitter, and he he tweeted out that his entire section completely forgot this match was on the card. Oh wow! Um, yeah, <laughs> it was one of those things, and I think that was the problem. There was, I agree with with you, Tim, about uh, the finish, uh, but then I understand why they did it because I feel they think Randy's more established, which he is, and I think having him as the champion may add a bit more to it but I think they should have just stayed the course and made Bray look strong because he hasn't even he hasn't won a Wrestlemania match yet uh, he's 0-3 and now. oh god yeah he is isn't he uh, so he's never won which is great great building there um, I just think uh, if they kept the tile on Bray and then done Bray and AJ going forward that would have been really interesting yeah uh, as far as the whole maggots and stuff at first i was like oh that's quite cool and then i revisited it and went they just keep going to the same things over and over again that this whole i've got to distract like i'm clearly not strong enough to beat my opponents where i've got to use you know a projection of worms or a kid singing or you know a hologram you know they've re- this is what i was talking about with alice black yesterday where they had an idea of who bray white was and it's just been completely lost and confused and now no one really knows who he is and unfortunately because of that he gets made to look really weak yeah um so i just it was for for what it was as a match, it was very underwhelming, uh, especially with the story. Again, the story was a bit confusing to me as well. But as far as uh, the story, it just um, it was a bit lacklustered, unfortunately. Uh, so I don't. I I really hope they do something with Bray going forward, but it doesn't. It doesn't look good. No, well, because this was my theory. I think um, me and Callan spoke about this after we did the. Um, the Elimination Chamber uh, uh, talk when Bray obviously won the title, that I wanted to see Bray kind of run roughshod over people for a long time. Um, okay, yeah, he might have played his little mind tricks every now and then, but I, f- they need to, like, I get he is kind of established, but not as a top guy. And I think they needed to give him a run maybe until like rumble next year like just to make him look super strong and i now think that they've completely destroyed anything that they built up with him um the rumor i've heard is that they're actually going to bring in bo dallas and have him be part of the wyatt family when eric rowan's back as well so which i think that they need to stop with the wyatt family they need to let bray be his own thing now um yeah well, speaking about that, I was wondering, I thought Luke Harper would at least make a run-in. He wasn't 
on this card at all. Wasn't oh, he? he was in the I... he was in the um, Andre the Giant. Oh, great! So that was that was whole that whole Randy feud was yeah. pointless. Then. Yeah. Um, and on Bo Dallas, he was looking absolutely jacked in the uh, Andre the Giant uh, yeah. memorial. He looked oh, wow. like he looked really like really good. Like so, was he wearing uh, the the trunks or was he still? I think he had a like a, a singlet. Is it called a singlet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he had like a yeah one of them on. I can't remember, <laughs> but I remember him like him looking quite buff. So, but yeah, I just think like that's that's my kind of main issue with with Randy winning this. Um, and and the fact that once again it just took one RKO. I like I get it's quite it's an aesthetically cool move, but at the end of the day, like it shouldn't have that much of an impact, I don't think. But that's I think that might be the the cynic in me. Um but go as we've mentioned with with all these kind of feuds, obviously this one's now kind of put to bed so what what do we see next for for randy orton uh ben if we go with you first uh, <laughs> fighting whoever ends up on smackdown so uh i was what was i what was i thinking i was saying nakamura to come to smackdown and, and take the the intercontinental yeah. t- uh, title off uh off uh dean um and then who have you got in the title picture? Uh, I, you know, a, ooh, AJ maybe. Uh, but I said he was going to Raw, so that kind of messes with that storyline. I don't know who who's on SmackDown that that could uh, help me out, guys. I think you might see Harper get get a bit of a run. He obviously won't win it, but it could elevate Harper. Yeah, I'd like to maybe see Miz get get another like like looking at the title. To be honest, but yeah. Ziggler maybe yeah because Ziggler's great and they need to just stop putting him like into like nonsense feuds um, so maybe yeah I, you know he, he also needs to sort of have probably one more run and then leave but I don't yeah. think he ever will so <laughs> um, I, yeah I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on that one uh, yeah drawing blanks <laughs> That's cool. drawing blanks sorry guys Go on, Maz what about you uh, well, I think the next feud going forward for the title will probably be maybe you do another rematch between um, Bray and Randy or something. But I think for the next pay per view SmackDown one anyway, I think we're going to see AJ and Randy. Um, I think as far as that top tier WWE uh, contendership, I think yeah, Miz definitely needs to be a contender. Uh, Luke Harper, I thought looked quite strong in the last. Uh, I can't remember what pay per view it was, but the match he had with Randy, he looked really strong. Yeah. Um, Ziggler, I've just, I've, I, I'm beyond caring about him now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think they've done such a terrible job with him and the heel turn. Uh, I, I, could, I wouldn't be able to believe him as a WWE champion. So maybe he goes for the, the Intercontinental title. Um, but yeah, I I think we see, I think we'll see Randy have it for a, a couple of months and have a feud between him and AJ going forward. Cool. Um, and next, I think was probably the the most unexpected match of of the evening. Uh, well, unexpected in in a sense of how it kind of panned out because 
I really enjoyed Brock and Goldberg. I think everyone kind of knew it was going to be uh, a squash to some extent, but for essentially what was two guys hitting four moves was actually a really entertaining match, I thought. Um, but what, what did you guys think, Maz, if we go with you? Um, I'll be honest, this was one of my favourite matches of the entire night. Um, I think, again, I the the whole pay-per-view going into it was, uh, I think I was morbidly curious about some of these matches. Um, but I think the matches that everyone was kind of sighing about really delivered uh, in a really interesting way. Um, when uh, when Goldberg was now at this point, I was really tired. I was I just I was just kept looking at my watch at this point, and when I saw Goldberg walking out, uh, I can't remember who said it, but they were doing like I can't believe he's walking out from the back down that aisle. We're going to be here till like one in the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, going into this, I had no idea what they were going to do because I think I still had those. Um, those nightmares of WrestleMania 20 in the back of my mind. And I was like, what are they going to do with these two guys? Like they can't do another squash, can they? And the way that they, the story that they told in this match, I think was really good. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was a really interesting, interesting match with these two, like behemoths, like going at it. Um, I, yeah, my favourite. I don't want to like jump the gun here, but my favourite spot was when Brock jumped over the spear. That was oh, I yeah. loved that. It was, um, I, but yeah, I think it kind of caught everyone off guard. To be honest, like that he he could jump that high. To, to be honest, it looked amazing. Like it looked like he kind of botched it, but that's what made it so good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ben, what did you think? Um, I was very happy to see Goldberg get suplexed. Uh, repeatedly, I I have zero love for the fact that he is in in you know in WE. I think that like it, I'm not like a purist. I'm not a, a sort of like a one of these guys who are like defend the Indies and all the indie darlings. You know, I I was very upset to see him come in and win the title off Owens, uh, especially in the fashion that it happened. I just think that. Uh, it's just not like it's good for business in as much as people are idiots and want to pay money to see him um but nah just like i my friend rightly or wrongly was saying that he hoped he had like a heart attack on the way to the oh. ring or something um but i was just like do you know what i hope that he gets in like and not in a horrible way that we don't like him but like so sting got injured at mania when he when it was it was with that um powerbomb to the turnbuckle yeah so if goldberg had been injured having multiple suplexes germans i don't think he has been so you know fair play to him but i kind of was like yeah and then he can't wrestle anymore so we don't have to put up with any more of that shit and also it might serve as a lesson to stop booking these guys i kind of i completely understand in terms of mania it being the spectacle and being like that's you know people Casual people tune into Mania. People want to see, you know, the Hardys and all these people that they remember from from their youth. They want to see Stone Cold and The Rock and, and all that. But I'm also just like, just like you've got a you've got a, a locker room, two locker rooms full of amazing talent, or even like five if you count like two hundred five live and NXT or whatever, and all of the different sort of brands. 
just just give them just give them the time and you know i know it's only five minutes but with all the build and all of that you, you know you what gets me is you know we'll come on to it after and i know i've been really going on about times but you're giving you're giving time at, at a pay-per-view to goldberg walking from his dressing room so it takes it takes some fucking ages to get sorry language to get all the way down from the ring anyway but to go all the way from his locker room all the way down that massive ramp and then all the, the posturing at the beginning of it and then you only give uh the following match five six minutes uh you know you've got seven hours of programming yeah and the women got a grand total of 17 minutes and it's kind of like that's bullshit yeah so I, you know, it, and it's the same. It's the same thing. Problem that I have with with the Triple H thing. It's like twenty five minutes, really. Like there's no need for that. And yeah, entertaining because Goldberg got his ass handed to him, um, whilst also still remaining to look a bit like look strong. But yeah, I, I don't. I, I just wanted to see him go. I, wanted, I, don't, <laughs> yeah. want, I don't want him in the WWE. Uh, so yeah. Well, one thing that I I thought was quite interesting was obviously everyone kind of mentioned him coming out from the back, and then obviously you got the the fireworks and whatever at the top of the stage. But there was there didn't seem to be like that many kind of people chanting Goldberg, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, and I th- I think that kind of spoke volumes that similar to yourself, Ben, that most people were kind of bored of seeing him now and were. Like there was a there was quite a big pop when when Brock ended up winning because I think yeah. they were glad to see the back of Goldberg. Yeah. But um. I, yeah. Also oh, gone. No, I was going to say yeah. I, I I think I think that there is a lot of people who who do feel like that as well. So I don't know. But, um. But one one other thing that I did want to want to mention because this is a callback to the to the leapfrog spot was um we could see. Obviously, Brock's like struggling and staggering to his feet, and I think throughout this, Paul Heyman has been given a little bit of stick because he kind of keeps saying the same thing, and I think he's even got a bit bored of this feud. Um, but there was this bit where where Brock was pulling himself up, and Heyman was just screaming, "He's in position, Brock! He's in position!" And that's when Brock did the leapfrog. I thought that was really like minute detail that was really clever. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of all I've, I've had to say on this. But with, with everything, we, we've got to throw things forward. Um, who's going to be challenging Brock for, for the title, do we think? Uh, Maz, we'll go with you. Uh, it'll, it'll probably be Roman Reigns, if, uh, if I'm completely honest. I think the, the, the plan going forward is to have Roman be the guy uh, to finally... It's weird because with Brock, they'd obviously built him up as such a huge thing with him being the streak and, you know, him. I mean, he is a part-timer who is quite limited, but he is a legitimate, you know, uh, sort of threat. Um, I I can't see anyone else on the roster except for um, Roman, really. Uh, and I know, obviously, Roman will not be... Uh, considered a fan favourite by any means but uh, out of pure curiosity I think Joe would be really good I'd like to see that a lot Um, but yeah we'll see this will be the the reign of uh, the part time champion coming in for 
Yeah. <laughs> probably next time we'll see Brock will be SummerSlam or something. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it was a, the best for him to win. Obviously, Goldberg was only there for a limited amount anyway. They realised how over he was when he initially came in, which is why they kept him on for as long as he did. Um, and, you know, I, I am a big fan of Goldberg, uh, Gold, not Goldberg, uh, Brock Lesnar, although I am a fan of Goldberg as well. But Brock, I think, you know, he is a legitimate, he can elevate that title, I think. So, yeah, yeah I think that will be going forward what will happen. Cool. Um, ben, what, what, what do you think? Eventually, it'll be Roman, obviously, and it'll be Roman going over and taking the title off him. Uh, if, like, again, completely speculative, if AJ goes to um, to Raw, then I can imagine AJ being in, in that title picture. But uh, I think that would, I think that AJ would get a Brock has limited sort of matches nowadays you know he has either I'm a monster here's a bunch of if you think about it, the, the matches that he's had like he's working with working with Undertaker it, it, it's just slow working with Roman it's here's a spear and a Superman punch working with Goldberg here's a spear and a jackhammer or working with everyone else here's loads of German suplexes um, I can imagine AJ getting a good match out of him yeah so I think I, I think hopefully they'll do something like that I think this also opens it up to because there's a lot of people that Brock still hasn't faced on that roster you know um, I really really loved the three way that they had at uh, that Royal Rumble with Cena and Rollins and Brock mm. uh, I, I thought that was brilliant um, so yeah there is a lot of people that he can still go against it's just whether or not they build someone up strong enough to actually go against him no that's I could see I'd I'd love to see him against AJ I think that would work really well and I think it would kind of be a throwback to to them both obviously being in New Japan as well Um, so that that would be my personal take but I think yeah I think you're both right like Reigns is probably going to be the one that ends up taking it at, at some point down the line whether it be SummerSlam or or what, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Um, and then obviously we have the the SmackDown Women's match. Now before we get into this, I think it's quite ironic that everybody was moaning about this show. Uh, sorry, this match initially being on the kickoff show, um, which in hindsight probably would have benefited it more because they might have got more time on the on the kickoff show. Um, but yeah, I think this was completely lost in the shuffle this match it was completely rushed um didn't like the outcome um I've, you both probably know i've got a massive soft spot for alexa bliss so i think the fact that she dropped the title at mania doesn't do her many favors um and god knows what the hell becky lynch and mickey james were wearing that was just bizarre beyond words um but yeah, what did you guys think of this, uh, Maz? Um, I I actually disagree with you, Tim. Unfortunately, I um I did enjoy this match, and I think it was placed there for a reason. Um, I think because of the outcome of this match and the match following it. I mean, as much as no one wants to be this match, but you have to have that break 
before uh, you know the the big sort of Brock Goldberg and then the main event. And I think this was a nice. It was a good ending. It, it left a lot of people happy. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was a bit of a cluster f words uh, to have that many women in the match. I mean, there was some cool spots in it. Definitely, I liked uh, the Natalia. Although it was kind of a bit botchy, the Natalia double sharpshooter spot was cool. And to have uh, Naomi go over in her hometown, I think, left a lot of people happy uh, because obviously coming up after this would be a bit of a downer. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, Mickey James coming out as Tatanka was a bit weird. uh, And Becky Lynch with the dreads was a bit weird. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of enjoyed it. I think... uh, for them to go from the pre-show to second from last is uh, is pretty good. Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. Um, ben, what what did you think? It, again, uh, a five-minute match kind of didn't really give any like five five six minutes for six people. You know, doesn't really give much chance to showcase any any of these people. So it's kind of like, hey guys. You know, I'd, I'd have preferred to, to have seen like a 20 minute match on the pre show where they actually got some time to work rather than five minutes of, uh, well, we've put you, we've put you second to last. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I, the thing with, um, what's the face is, uh, get up, um, Mickey James apparently fact checking. She has got a, uh, a, a native, a native American sort of ancestry. So, oh, there you go. Hey, Paying tribute to her ancestry, I think that's probably fair enough. There was a lot of people on the internet like, uh, uh, "What are you doing? That's cultural appropriation." It's sort of like, "Well, you, yeah, but you know, if you if you're from that neck of the woods, I guess you, you're allowed to do that." Yeah. Um, Becky Lynch just uh, trying something new, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. I, again, by that point of the night, you know, it, I think that. I think they did. They did okay. The crowd weren't like dead for it. They could like it could have been a stinker, and I yeah. think that they managed to, you know, keep the crowd alive for it. And you know, but I, I just think it was a bit of a a bit of a meh, bit of bit of a nothing match really. Um, I don't know because previously it was advertised as every but every available person on the women's roster, um, SmackDown women's roster. Uh, is that everyone who's on this SmackDown Women's roster? Just the six of them, um, possibly. Um, I don't know. It, it just all seems a bit disjointed. I think that potentially they were wanting to do something else and they changed it. And I know that there's always like a lot of moving about for for these main event, well, for these uh, big pay per views, and they want to, you know, there's nothing's ever set in stone. That's why yeah. they never p- publish a running order or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know. Something something felt a bit a bit off. Um, I'm glad that they they gave it to, to Naomi. I'm not sure that that's going to be a, a long lived sort of championship again. You know, it's good good that she's back from injury in time for Mania and, and everything and the hometown thing. But I, I, did, I don't feel like she got a massive pop when she came out. Considering it's like, it's not really a hometown crowd at Mania, is it? You know? Yeah. I don't I, I don't know. Wasn't wasn't sort of uh, that bothered um, but again you know the positives nice to see them uh, 
closing out the show near enough and things like that. And we've we've got to talk about the the highlight. Well, t- tongue in cheek highlight: James Ellsworth getting his WrestleMania moment, uh, which I thought was quite quite comical. Um, but in in general, like yeah, there were some good spots in this. Like Maz said, I, I really liked the the double sharpshooter spot. Um, again, going back to to my love of Alexa Bliss, I thought her kind of constantly breaking up the pins and screaming at people to to get out of the ring was really nice. Um, but yeah, I, I, kind of what you were saying, Ben. I don't kind of see Naomi holding on to this very long. Um, but something I've, I've heard, oh sorry. Hello. You both went a bit quiet then. No, sorry. Well, my my computer made a really weird noise. Um, yeah, the the one thing I found was quite quite strange going into this. That I found out that apparently Natalia's never held uh, a women's title, so possibly kind of see see Natalia and Naomi going out. That's that's personally what I'd like to see going down the line because I think she's been in in the company long enough that. She deserves at least one run as the champ, but I don't know what what you guys think of it. What what do you think's next for for Naomi, uh, Ben? What's next for Naomi? Um, I, I guess you know it's it's one of these things as well. Like that, I I don't see anyone as holding on to the title. Um, similarly with you know with the um, the Raw Women's Championship, I think it's it's kind of open, especially and same with like. I don't know. There's no, there's no one that I think. Oh, you should definitely be the champion. And, and, and I guess the, I, I guess the, you, don't, you don't have that Nia Jax character who, it, who needs that build and who needs that, <clears throat> that that sort of push. I guess so. I, I guess a feud with somebody, somebody if somebody new, maybe. I don't. I, honestly, I couldn't tell you. It's, it's so. There's, there's not a lot of anything to the Smackdown women's um, sort of story as it were it's just like here's someone else who wants a uh, title shot um, yeah I'm sorry I'm <laughs> no. coming up blanks with some of these storylines no, I've got a lot of cool. theories about, about Bullet Club <laughs> uh, and how the W I just just the, think the W are going to have to pull, pull the trigger no pun intended uh, on it sometime and I think that given that they're co-opting everyone else's uh, champs, they might as well steal some gimmicks as well. Right? Yeah, no, I, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, Maz, what, what do you think? Um, I'm not sure with Naomi, really. I mean, I think it was good that she got her spot at WrestleMania and stuff. And um, uh, I don't know, really. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Natalia should... Uh, have her chance with the belt. Um, maybe Mickey James. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it just yeah, it seems a bit. Uh, I don't know, underwhelming, uh, a bit foggy at the moment. Where they are gonna go forward with the title? So uh, happy for Naomi, obviously, but uh, yeah, not sure what will happen uh, next next pay per view. No, that's that's fair enough. Um, and then we go on to uh, the curtain closer, which was uh, the battle for the garden. Um, <laughs> did, did we 
Did people know that it was No Holds Bar beforehand, or was that just announced at the night? That was announced when they came out. Um, so uh, I was a bit sceptical when they mentioned that. I was like, that's interesting that they would bring that up. Um, to be honest, like, even from the start of this pay-per-view, there were a lot of signs of what was to come. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was only announced when Roman Reigns came out. Um, but, yeah, the, obviously going into the match itself, um, I didn't... I don't want to, like, obviously shit on it too much because, obviously, what happens afterwards was, was sort of a massive moment. But... Uh, there was just so like, it just felt really kind of slow. Uh, uh, there's no kind of stint on on Taker's age or anything, but just some of the spots just seemed a bit bit kind of laggy. Obviously, there was the awful attempt of Reigns to to pick Taker up to what we assume was going to be a tombstone, but he failed miserably twice. Um, I did, however, like the the table spot with with Reigns spearing. Taker through the table and then obviously Taker sitting up. Um, there was a couple of nice callbacks to Taker of old with the whole uh, snake eyes and things like that. Um, but yeah, in in general, the match was a little bit lukewarm for me. Um, I don't know if that, if that was just me or you guys might might think differently. Maz, what about you? Um, I I really like this match actually. Okay, you know. uh, uh, I, the reason why I liked it, it wasn't because, you know, the the actual mat wrestling or, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was because there was a really interesting story involved in the match where, you know, obviously forget all the whole yard business. I, I mean, that doesn't matter to me. It was all about The Undertaker having to kind of, uh, you know, hang up his boots, and I think reluctantly as well. And the story of uh, Roman, you know, trying everything. I mean, yeah, it was quite limited because he only had Superman punches and spears. But I, I really like that going into it. The, you know, I'm trying to get him down for the three, and he's still getting back up. Um, that that um, tombstone reversal was a bit iffy, but you know. I'm kind of looking at it as an overall thing. Uh, I'll be honest, having JR out there obviously was amazing. I, do, I love JR, uh, but I don't think he... I mean, the, I know the reason why he was out there now, but uh, I don't think he really added that much to it. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure. I, 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 I did like this match, and I think it was... Uh, a great way to uh, establish Roman as this kind of, uh, I guess, heel. You know, I, I'm i not really sure what they did with him. But, uh, yeah, I, overall, I, I did enjoy this match. Uh, ben, what, what about yourself? I liked what they were trying to do. I think that going back to what I was saying before about the, the brutality of it, it it would have made it would have told a better story if Roman had put put him down. But all it really looked like was, well, it didn't look like he he retired the Undertaker. It looked like the Undertaker was tired. Yeah, uh, you know, and it was just like, just stay down. I'm going to hit you with this chair, and you're sort of like, 
you, you kind of I, I kind of think that it would have it would have told a better story if there was that more like the physicality of it was a bit better because Taker can't sell as well as somebody else like taking a Superman punch or a spear because he's big and old and it's kind of like so you know you can't do headshots with chairs because of um, you know it really fucks people up um, but yeah I d- it didn't go far enough for me um, to, to, to tell that story I don't think it successfully did that and regardless like you know regard, I don't think that I think Roman Reigns is probably the right person to do it um, because it would have been what him or Cena, yeah, um, and it would have been a, it would have been exactly the same story and exactly the same match. I think it's just a shame that obviously we had a few uh, a few botches, but so again, liked it. It was way too long again. So again, the the, the second longest match of the night, nearly twenty five minutes. Um, Understandable, you want to give him a lot, like enough time. But when you can't work like a young guy, when you, you know, you're, it's just it makes it 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 makes it feel painful, like and not in a good way. It's like just sluggish and kind of like, oh, I don't know. No, I, I agree with you because my issue was with it was obviously that obviously takers now. A lot more limited in what he like, what moves he can bump for, and in a similar vein that with the the Brock and Goldberg match, we essentially saw four moves. In this, we just saw Reigns hitting spear after spear after spear, and it wasn't really doing anything. Like I got that it kind of told the story that Taker will never die because he kept kicking out and things like that, but. Um, yeah, it just like what you said, Ben. It just kind of made it feel a bit of a slog, rather than it being that he can't be put down almost. Um, and another thing that really kind of irritated me, and I've, this is one of the gripes I have with wrestling, is that they say that at the top of the match they said it's no hold barred, so that means no disqualification. Like you've got to win by pinfall submission, bloody bloody bar. When take a hit, put in the Hell's Gate, which looked a bit soft anyway Reigns got to the rope and the ref broke it it's no disqualification you don't break the ropes it's like that just really wound me up but yeah I like I think if this well it clearly it clearly has been that that's, that's going to be Taker's last match but it didn't feel like a last match for me um, but I don't know how they could have could have done it any differently do you guys think that that they could have done it in a different way? I don't, I don't know. Uh, ben, if we go to you first. I guess they probably didn't want to go into it being like building it as, oh, this is, you know, take his last match. And maybe he didn't want that. Maybe he just went, look, you know, I want to, I just want to do this and then I'm going to have my, have my goodbye and then that's it. I mean, you never know. It could, it could be that he was sort of like told this is how it's happening. Um, as, I just think like, and it it's you need to if you're putting if you're retiring someone you need to retire them you need to like leave them like absolutely decimated and they and I think that you know unless I don't think Taker's incapable of of having like going a bit more and I think that if he'd have possibly 
gone a bit harder for 10 minutes less, it would have probably told a bit sto- a better story. Hmm. What, you what? know, the pace of it. I know I know he can't move around as quick as, uh, or anything, but I don't know. What about you, Maz? Did you think that they could have ended it differently at all? Um, yeah, I think, well, I think the reason why they made it no DQ match was to kind of get the smoke and mirrors to make it more of a devastating match. Uh, I mean, another way they could have done it was to have taken literally pass the torch to Roman, you know, maybe after a couple minutes, you know, Reigns is still in the ring with Taker and he gets up and he, you know, reluctantly shakes his hand and, you know, says goodbye or something like that. that. I mean, that could have been quite a sweet way to end it. I mean, I feel the same way as both of you do, where it was a bit like, oh, oh, that's it then, I guess. He's uh, he's done. Um, and, I, I mean, you know, if you really wanted to... I guess there could have been more of an impact with the ending. Like, if you wanted to make uh, Reigns a heel, which I'm assuming they didn't want him to be, but if you wanted to, you could have, you know, had him go for him a bit more after the match. Uh, so that there was a there was a number of different ways they could have ended it. But I mean, I wasn't that I wasn't that upset with the finish. Yeah, and obviously we. At the very end, we saw obviously Taker taking off his gloves, taking off his jacket, and then laying the laying the, the hat in the ring, um, which I thought I kind of saw that kind of coming. But I, I'm glad that that he got hit that moment at the end to to kind of say goodbye. Um, and one thing that I really liked was uh, the very final shot was obviously the pan of the whole stadium, and then the lights just completely cut out, and you just heard the the dongs of the bell um but yeah like i don't really know how to kind of to to end this because it's it's almost a a bittersweet thing to to say goodbye to taker but do, do we think that it's the right time do we think that there could have been could have been one more match or are we happy that this has now drawn a line under undertaker being at wrestlemania uh maz we'll go with you I'll be honest, I thought he was going to retire after the Lesnar match. You know, I think everyone kind of saw that Taker was getting to, you know, the end of his career at that point, uh, losing the streak as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I, I think it was, um, it was very bittersweet, but then I think it, I think it ended like really well with him, you know, leaving the hat and stuff in the ring. Um, I, I honestly was so worried about him going into this match. I thought he was going to, you know, because he's going in to get his hip surgery now. Oh, is he? I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah, which was because he was going to wait for after the match to get it done and then he was done with it basically um so yeah i mean for him to do another match after this would have just you know they would have had to end it on a high and maybe some people won't see this as a high but uh you know it would have been a lot worse than uh you know him carrying on another two or three years yeah ben what what did you think years too late yeah should have ended with the streak really um i i I think that i i don't i can't think of any moments that they've been 
where I'm just like, oh yeah, well that was great. And I, I think, I, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's he's had a good couple of years in terms of there's, there's not been unless I'm forgetting anything in particular. Like, yeah, I I think he should have probably gone out on a maybe not a high, but like at the end of the day, he's he, he's gone. He could have gone out with just one defeat, but now he's gone out being defeated twice at Mania. And, yeah, uh, or like you know, should have should have just given given him sting. And let Triple H have someone else the other year. Yeah, and then that would have been like a good going out on the high type of thing. I, yeah, I, I think that it, as you say, bittersweet, nice that they gave him a send off. Kind of just like uh, it, it just wasn't. It wasn't a great match. It was. It was okay, um, and it kind of like I like the. I really like the spot where he sat up in, in the middle of the ring. He did his sit-up thing, and he was just like, "Nope," <laughs> fell straight yeah. down. And I'm kind of just like, "Yeah, mate." Like, you, you know, I think I think it's been spoiled. Like a lot of people were commenting, like, "Oh, you know, really upsetting and really sad to see him going and stuff." And it's been, you know, been been a constant in my my fandom since since I was a kid. And it's kind of like, yeah, but you can't like you can't do it anymore. It's yeah. just like it's not it's not. It's not been good for a while, so yeah, I think I think they missed the boat really on on giving him a, a decent send off. No, no, I I totally agree. I think if if we're paying complete devil's advocate, I think the perfect time for him to go would have gone would have been after the well for me personally would have been after the the match with with Sean to be honest because I think that that match uh, I think it was the second match with them two was just perfect to a T. And was that the one? No. Or am I thinking with the one with Triple H, where the three of them were at the top of the ramp? Yeah, that was after, Sean. Yeah. Whichever yeah. match that was, I think that's when he should have done it because I think that was the perfect way for for both him and Sean to kind of step away from things. But Yeah, but we would have missed Dick Kicker Taker. So yeah, this... and I love I love <laughs> but well, I guess we we've got what we've got now. But yeah, it's it's sad to see him go, um, and yeah, like I guess we've all got our our memories of him, um, and yeah, that's that was the end of of WrestleMania thirty three. Um, so before we we kind of wrap things up, Maz, we're going to go back to your your question at the top of the show about entrances. Um, so my person, my personal favourite was um, Charlotte Flair, because for one, Ben doing the Dalton Castle reference really made me chuckle. Um, but but two, I thought she looked like really good. It was nice again, the reference to her dad, and the, when she's standing on the ramp, opens up the um, the whatever you call it dress dressing gown robe um and all the <laughs> yeah. I couldn't think of the word Slippers. <laughs> but with all the fireworks I thought it it yeah. looked really aesthetically pleasing so yeah Charlotte was was my one um we'll go with Ben first because as Maz asked the question so was that the the, the your favorite entrance your favorite entrance favorite en- oh favorite entrance um <sighs> sorry uh, I probably take her because yeah. it's take her you know coming out coming out of the ground 
and rounding up by lowering lowering himself into the ground. Kind of ridiculous, but also kind of what you want. So it, for for a few years, he's been he's been the entrance. So it was kind of yeah, I'd say taker. Cool. And um, Maz, as you asked the question, what was yours? Um, I'd I, I'd I'd probably go the same with you, Tim. With uh, with with Charlotte, I thought hers made her look amazing. Although I will give uh, shout outs to the weird snake that followed Randy. I thought <laughs> yeah. that was kind of funny. Oh, uh, that was so badly done. It was it was kind of weird. I think uh, I think Colt Cavana was on Twitter and he was he just went giant sperm question mark <laughs> yeah. and uh, I thought I, I like the idea of Roman's entrance where he did the, the fists and the fireworks going down the aisle well, that was quite cool yeah. uh, uh, just for lols I think my favourite one was Nia just because they didn't even finish her getting to the bottom of the ramp before they went to <laughs> Sasha's yeah. she looked so pissed that she had like one of the worst entrances um, but yeah I think uh, Charlotte yeah, uh, probably had the best entrance for me. Cool. And as everyone talks about their WrestleMania moments, uh, we'll go into our WrestleMania 33 moments. Um, I've already touched upon mine because I thought it was pu- a pure genius, and it was just such a, a minute detail. But uh, Kevin Owens with a finger on the rope, I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. In terms of like the match and the storytelling, I thought it was brilliant. Um, it may not be been of the biggest sort of moment, but for me personally, that was that was my highlight. So, uh, Maz, what about yourself? Um, it would probably be it's, probably, it's got to be the Hardys coming out. That was my WrestleMania moment um, for this pay per view. Uh, yeah, it was definitely them coming out because it was just so overwhelming with the crowd reaction. Cool, and um, Ben. So there's too many to choose from. The maggots, they were, they was incredible. Uh, uh, Goldberg getting his ass handed to him. Uh, prob- uh, you know, Mojo Rowley winning some, some great moments. <laughs> nah, my my favourite moment, and I think and I think you know, thinking back about it, and like the one that I I probably spoke spoke most passionately about during this whole last two hours or whatever we've been talking uh, probably Cena like I, I really like that I thought you know that was a, a nice moment and you know I'll, I'll probably be in the minority there uh, well no I, I agree with you I think this this pay-per-view did have a lot of those quote-unquote Wrestlemania moments when you think about it like you had the proposal you had the Hardys coming back you had the Undertaker retiring you know it was it had quite a few monumental yeah. Moments. Cool. Right. So that was the ultimate thrill ride that was WrestleMania 33. I only said it twice, so I, f- I feel like I've let the side down a bit. But um, no, <laughs> Ben, Maz, thank you very much for for joining me once again. Um, and the next stop on our pay per view journey will be Payback. So yeah, we'll be interested to see how how things develop in the world of WWE. Cheers, Brilliant. Cool. Yeah, Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. A 
so there we have it folks wrestlemania in the bag for another year uh and i think i speak for every wrestling fan out there when i say a massive thank you to the undertaker for being such a phenomenon uh in the business um there will never be another performer quite like him and i'm sure every wrestling fan around the world has got a memory of him somewhere some shape or form um as always, would love to hear your views on WrestleMania 33 or tell us your favourite Undertaker moment. We'd love to hear those. Um, so you can follow us over on Twitter, uh, which is at just underscore and underscore insight uh, using the hashtag JAIPod. Um, and yeah, just let us know what you thought. Um, and I keep forgetting to, to say this after each episode, but if you're listening to this show via iTunes, uh, if you can rate, subscribe and review the show, it would really, really mean a lot because it ho- helps open the show up to, to new listeners. Um, trying to get this, obviously, out to as many people as possible, uh, not just in the wrestling community, not necessarily just in the music community, but just to, to people in general would be great. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, next week we'll be kind of resuming normal service to, to an extent. Um uh, I recently sat down and had a chat with uh, the Full of Hell frontman Dylan Walker talking about the band's new record which is coming out very soon um, so that will be on next week's episode uh, but now, for now ladies and gentlemen thank you once again for joining me and I will see you soon